Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a Who Should Have Won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which of course is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can message us on any of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's all going to be at bestpicturecast. So that's where you can find us on our socials at bestpicturecast. And folks, we are back and we're here to bless the rains down in Africa because we are headed back to the 80s. We are headed back to the great continent of Africa. With me on this wonderful cinematic safari, I have three voices that you will have known by now if you're a regular listener, and uh, a foursome that we've we've been we've been to the desert before. We've been in one of those safari uh, bounce around bungalows. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce the freezers first. How about that? We have Adam and Melissa oh. back. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey guys, welcome. Coming to us from not from Kenya, but from uh, Michigan. Yes. The last time we heard you guys together in 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 movie form, I believe, was uh, the English Patient. Oh, it and, sure uh, was. Yeah. yeah I thought, a, uh, I thought uh, we were going to have a crossover for a moment watching this movie with I, English Patient. I'm still not convinced that these two movies don't share a universe. I'm yeah. not convinced. I like I like where we're starting. I like where we're starting hot. <laughs> and uh, on that English Patient episode, we also had a man who goes by Grant Z. Grant, welcome. I can say to you now, welcome back, because it's been a little while for you. It has been a minute. Yeah. You uh, are a dad now, Grant. Well, I've been a dad for a while. <laughs> oh. I do. <laughs> This is this is fair. <laughs> I've been you, a dad for about five and a half years. Okay, uh, you're, you're a dad of two now. I am a dad of two girls. Um, <laughs> it only counts when the second one comes. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Um, no, we just, we just had a uh, my wife and I just had a baby girl uh, six weeks ago. Uh, her name's Riley, and she's doing really well when she's not screaming her head off. So it's uh, yeah, I took a little took a little sabbatical paternity leave as it were that's right a bpc paternity leave you <laughs> yeah. know because you have a, you live a, an arsenic free lifestyle so yes. you're having kids yeah uh, exactly left and right, there's no you know? syphilis anywhere um <laughs> and uh and and to kick it off we had to do this uh the sweeping african epic starring two white people again oh so it's um i'll tell you what <laughs> If if the word sweeping epic ever applied to a movie, it would be this. Mm. I think the camera is literally doing a sweeping motion it's during a good portion. I, and, I, and I must say that my my wife, like a broom, my wife who just we just went through like a grueling twenty four hour plus delivery with the, with this child, a bad pregnancy, just like everything that can go wrong went wrong. And her reward was to watch a Meryl Streep period piece. And my wife dislikes Meryl Streep and period pieces. Uh, in fact, so in fact, I think when you started this, she just kind of made two guidelines. It's just as long as there's no Meryl Streep or period pieces. Yeah. And then I think the third one was Colin Firth, which we had in our English Patient uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, she too, wasn't so. thrilled with that either. <laughs> wow. That, Poor Katie. That's the so best you're... push gift you could have given her. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You couldn't give her like something that she would have 
really enjoyed. Oh my. Well, it is nearing the end here of our fourth season. Oh my god. We've covered quite a, a few movies. It was a sweeping season. Yeah, there was. Yeah. It was there's a lot of sweeping going on. A lot of sweeping. <laughs> this is our thirteenth of the fifteen movies yeah. that we're gonna be covering. Yeah. We still have two left. I believe next week you can probably dial into old Patton. Uh, we'll see how sweeping that is. We'll we'll discuss that then. But for now, we're focused in on out of Africa. We're headed back to the '80s, and this has been a long season, Grant. This is we've like duration wise, we've taken it's taken us the longest to do this one. It's almost a year. Yeah, I think right? we might even have passed the year mark. I think we're we're into or we're close. Was I think Lawrence of Arabia was early June, right? Yeah. Okay. At, yeah, at the so date we're, of we're getting close. It was we're, summertime. Yeah. We're May 30th right now. Full disclosure. So we're we're right there. Yeah, we're right there. Yeah, yesterday was Memorial Day, and uh, I watched this thing yesterday. Adam, must I believe you watched this last night as well, right? We did. We sure did. Yes. Now I have to ask you guys because uh, you are um, like myself in in the into the uh, support physical media world. How did you watch this film? Uh, on well, a TV. We watched <laughs> on, yeah, on a TV. <laughs> yes. Um, we we watched it on glorious DVD widescreen. Ooh. Ooh. So you know, it looked it 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 had that um that eighties grain to it, which it's it's funny. I actually don't know if if it bothered me or not. If it made me feel a little more like oh, this is an older film, or if it bugged me. I don't I don't actually know if I have an opinion yet on that. Wow. And I, I believe can't... Adam, I just from you holding it up there, I believe I watched it on the same exact DVD. Not the you same like. disc, but the same, uh, yeah, the same version, yeah. I could say, oh. I, I could tell when they used green screen. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, well, we'll get into that. I could tell, so. Trust, yes. trust me, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> and Grant, you this was a, a streamer for you. I would uh, this was straight up Netflix, yeah. And it, and and there were there were scenes that did kind of look that look grainy, too much like what Adam was saying. And I'll be honest, I kind of I kind of like it. Hmm. I think I kind of like the the grainy nature of it. Just kind of feels like it feels like a throwback. We're kind of re- as kind a society, we're kind of like revolving back around to that. Like it's like, like we've gotten ultra HD to the to the mat. Now it's like ah, give me give me some shitty there's, grainy there's feel. A pu- there's a pushback on there. Yeah, like Isn't I, it I like, be, there's always ahead. a pendulum. There's always yeah. like you go as far over to one side, like. You know, and what next? We're gonna go back to like, well, we probably won't go this far, but what is it like? Uh... Snuff films. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, say, no, you know, not, not the, the the the, v- the first VHS? films. What were they like? Real, like, real to like, real. Yeah, six, yes, like sixteen there millimeter we go. stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I. I, I, I want I want to get like a DVD of like a brand new movie with VHS tracking on it. <laughs> like, give me like Banshees of uh, Inner Sharon with like just track marks on the bottom. Right. Yeah. Banshees of Inner Sharon on VHS. I love oh, it. I, you know I what though? It. Could you imagine? Like, think of all the people that watched this movie when it came out on VHS that didn't rewind it when they brought it back. They were probably like, "Fuck that." How long would it take to rewind? This is a lengthy rewind. Probably rewinds. was on two movies, huh? Oh, it might have been. Oh, I would think it so. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. And and back in the mid '80s, there was there were they didn't have those rewind machines. Oh, well, see I don't think they were around yet. So I think. So they were, what did uh, they do with movies? In the VH, in the in the no, they hand fingered it. Jesus, get your mind out of the gutter. No, they used. You know what the cassette tape when when the little thing the stream would come out of it. Yeah, no, I I know you. Oh boy, no, they used they used the VCR. They rewind they rewound it with the VCR. You know when you finger and the stream comes out of it. I mean, what are we talking? about? We're talking. Oh whatever. man, you she's know, 
this is I told you guys. Listen, we're we are not we are not up to the, the to the romance scenes yet of this movie. Let enjoy keep it in your pants, Melissa. Oh. So that segues nicely to what you guys are doing over there at uh Below freezing. Let's start with how's uh, how's below freezing going. It, it it's good. We think thank God Almighty we are out of talking about Sharknado movies. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I will say we we are on this slew of of uh, movies that we just kind of picked. And I think by the time this comes out, some of these will be out. Um, we just did Assassin's Creed, but I'm really excited for our next few. Uh, so depending on when you're listening to this, um, you you will either have just listened to Hook. Or oh, or dirty work, um, which uh, I'm <laughs> very excited one. about. I'm very excited about both of those. <laughs> Melissa had never seen dirty work before, and that was just a treat for me to watch her watch it. Yeah. Wow. That that was a theater watch for me. I saw that in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched that for the first time last summer, like before Did the sub really? before the sub fifty. That's shocking. I was not what I was expecting. No. <laughs> I I can't wait to hear that episode yeah. and, and Melissa's reactions because like. I'm pretty easy going, and I had some rea- reactions to some of the things. All these dead uh, hookers in these cars. Wow. Okay, uh, Adam, one thousand and one. Yeah, uh, th- and that's that's still chugging along. It's it's been a good season back. Um, God, yeah. What are we? Uh, I'm gonna know this more by what we're recording. We just we just released our Seven Samurai episode, so I think coming up, um, we're gonna have Drive and uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And after that uh, is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ooh, um, some big ones. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm excited, too. And I, I'll tease this a little bit. But we recorded, and I don't know when we're going to, I don't know when we're going to release this, but we we came up with our own draft, and we we picked our season five movies in a fun way. So we'll, we'll post that. that at some point. And, and uh, just obviously some big stuff that we have planned for, for next season as well. So, yeah, a bunch of great That's stuff awesome. coming up. Yeah, I, I, just, I just recently listened to your La La Land episode. And Adam, I think I am step for step in agreement with you 100% on everything you said about it. I, I really, I, I'm so glad you were able to kind of throw a bucket of cold water on Joey from time to time. <laughs> well, uh, Grant is, of course, referring to Joey R., who is uh, yeah. now a co-host of uh, 1001 by One. And he, in his time here, has always uh, said that he's wanted to do a solo episode on La La Land where he can just rant for rants positives for uh, for hours upon hours. Was, but he got to get that out of him uh, on, it, on your got, platform, thankfully. He got out of his system. Yeah, he yeah. exercised those demons. Gr- yeah. uh, great episode. Definitely. Was I thought that was uh, episode. one of your best. You also have yeah. a, a couple of uh, ranking episodes. I think uh, David Lynch is out now, and you have Bon Joon-ho coming out at some point. Yes, we, we just recorded our Bong Joon-ho ranking, so that'll come out. That'll be coming out more July, August. But yeah, that's that's gotcha. that's coming down the pipe as well. Very nice, very nice. So yeah, that's 1001 by 1. You check that out there. Also below freezing, check that out on all podcasts and all platforms and such. We'll have information of that in the uh, the description as well. I guess we got a kind of segue into our film here. I just uh, want to bring it down for a, a hot second. Sadly, I have to announce that my cat passed away here this past weekend. It was a, kind of a very sad weekend. All the animal lovers and pet lovers out there know uh, what that feels like, and it was a bit of a bummer. So that uh, happened Basically, within the last uh, 24 hours, so I'm a bit of a, you know, still a bit of a fragile mess over here. So I'll do my best uh, to power through and let the show go on. Scarlet was only six, but you can hear her on our, uh, Grant mentioned the Lawrence of Arabia episode. She's knocking a, a bottle cap off of the stove. We had to pause it. And, uh, <laughs> and 
is the only reason that the first few minutes of that episode exist because the whole thing froze and we lost like 40 minutes of that episode. Oh, that's right. But because we paused it in that moment, we got to keep the intro in that too. Okay. So Scarlet was uh, only six, put her down on natural causes, unfortunately. So we'll, we'll dedicate this episode to her. And, uh, you know, I watched it last night. It was probably the first one of it was the first one of these watched without her uh, walking around so it was it was at least nice nice to see some uh, a lot of wildlife especially some some lions uh, stomping around those <laughs> yes okay so let's uh before we get into this i want to hear about what you guys are drinking and grant uh it's been uh, since your paternity leave it's been a little bit here so yep. uh, what do you have here this, well right this now evening? i got the uh sweet baby jesus chocolate <laughs> peanut butter porter from duclaw very good. It's a very good beer, but I'm only having the one that I'm going to go to coffee because that is uh, newborn dad life. <laughs> yes, so, indeed. And that's, yeah. uh, you've had that and, one and, before. And, and, and I had a few too many Memorial Day weekend also, so I'm still like, <laughs> I'm also almost 40 and I'm feeling the effects of it now. So, Yes, yes, I hear that. Uh, yeah. And that's one you've had before. You're a big porter guy, so that's... Um, Love me some porters. Right Duclaw's yeah. a great, a great brewery too. How are we doing out in uh, Michigan? What'd you guys bring to the occasion? I, I, I wanted to drink something. I, you know, the idea is to make it thematic. I, I, I this is as close as I could get. Um, I have uh, so War Pigs Brewing, which is out of uh, Indiana. They have something called an ominous portent, which is um, a Munich style dunkel. And I figure, hey, we're getting into World War One over uh, when this movie is going on. So I figure Munich, Germany, the Kaiser. You know, so I'm drinking a beer that's close to that, I guess. Sure. I love it. I Why love not? it. Melissa, what do you got there? Well, I'm drinking uh, Tabor Hill Classic Demi Sec White Wine from Buchanan, Michigan, on a farm in there we go. Buchanan, Michigan. Did I tell you it was a farm? You mentioned it. Amazing. Here, yeah, in Michigan, a farm. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that they had uh, vineyards up in Michigan. I guess they have vineyards everywhere. Probably, Many right? farms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you have farmland, With you have vineyards. vineyards. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Africa. Is there any African wine? Is there any winery not or vineyards the right, out there? You're not no? asking the right person here. I wonder. I'm Let's sure see. there is. I mean, I can give it a like Google. vineyards yeah, in like Africa. A, yeah, I mean, like, there like there a South African. There's got to be a South African wine. Yeah. Right. Yes. If there's coffee, there's wine. Does Africa oh, have wineries? Oh, yeah. There, yeah. Are, oh, yeah. there, there yeah. are plenty of gorgeous wineries in South Africa, in coastal region, Breed River Valley, Cane Karoo, and many more. So, yeah. All right. I got to dig up a, uh, a does, South now, African Now, does Africa have good wine? <laughs> African <laughs> wines question. offer impressively good value, feature styles and tastes that are food-friendly, blending elegance and power. Wow. Okay. So, there All you right. go. Oh, yes. Outstanding. All right. So for me, you know, as Grant said, yesterday was Memorial Day, which means it's uh, it's summertime, baby. We're, we're summertime, here. Summertime. Full swing. The weather's here. I got a, a, a shandy, a summer shandy, as you know I like to drink, Grant. Me too. And it is a peach summer shandy. Um, I was looking for a plum shandy, but they you did not. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out. Our, uh, our, Rafe, our Rafe Fine's character in English Patient likes plums. This plum so is I'll have plum. So I'll have to settle for a peach. Juicy peach. Line and Kugel. Nah, not quite Michigan, but uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Yes. Wisconsin, so yes. we're in the vicinity. That's, that's, that's right next door. Hey, our neighbor farm. I love it. <laughs> okay. Line, line and Kugel's good. <laughs> So that is what we are drinking today. Grant, what is uh, your first experience? Because this is uh, not a first watch for you. This is, this is your not. first experience with Out of Africa. 
my first experience with Out of Africa was during a was for a worst picture cast episode. If I can give that a quick plug, um, <laughs> we did um, we did an episode on the peanut butter solution. Great flick, great. Which flick. is which is uh, which came out the same year. So we do the we do one some of the categories like would you rather watch the peanut butter solution or the the Academy Award winner from that year, which was Out of Africa. We had Zeta Short on. She was our guest for that, and this is our favorite movie, I think, or at least one of them. And um, so, yeah, I, I watched it. I watched it for that. You know, then I gave it a few subsequent watches since then. Adam, now uh, this movie is in the book of one thousand and one movies you must see before you die. I guess we'll maybe at the end of this broach that uh, topic a little later. But uh, <laughs> what is your first experience with Out of Africa? Oh, it was it was for this it was for this podcast. Um, wow. There's probably, I would say, somewhere around 20 best picture winners I still haven't seen. And this, I, I think I can comfortably say, is the most recent best picture winner that I have yet to see. Um, oh, okay. This was, this was a first watch. I knew who was in it. I knew where it was set. Uh, and honestly, I, that was about it. I really didn't know anything else about the, about the movie. Wow. Okay, so you got your, your list is now a little shorter. It is. Which is, is. Uh, good to hear. Now, Melissa, I would imagine this was a first watch for you as well. Unless it you've was. been secretly watching uh, Meryl <laughs> Streep movies on No, I, I knew nothing. I didn't know Meryl Streep was in it until as it turned on and I saw yep. her name. I saw because I was paying attention this time. <laughs> Who was in this? Had you heard of it before or knew anything about it? I don't think I've ever heard of Out of Africa. I don't think Yeah, I wow. Have. So just a blind, uh, just a blind a- sweeping epic watch. Yes. So for me, this was at the end of the list. It might even have been second to last, to be completely honest with you. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, behind Unforgiven, which is also the season. We did that episode a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, right at the end, it just, yeah, I, I was just so scarred from Gandhi that I, I was, like, afraid to watch <laughs> another 80s uh, epic and, and whatnot. We'll get into to my viewing uh, now as opposed to then. So I would say it, it you know, it only been a few years, really. You know, I, I probably yeah, saw it. Long. Yeah, I probably saw it like less than a year from starting the podcast. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that so it was. Wow. It, it is a semi-recent watch. And then I watched it last night uh, for the first time since then. So, okay, so we're going to uh, to get into what everybody thinks about these this thing. Uh, but I think maybe we just do the dive first. We'll uh, we'll keep the, the initial thoughts for uh, yeah, after yeah, after the submersion. Everyone good, good with that? Yeah. Okay. So, we're headed back to the 80s, everyone's favorite decade, maybe not in the world of the Oscars. Not in the Oscar but... sense, but <laughs> and the year is 1985. I'm going to go back in time. And the US president in 1985 was Ronald Reagan. He was inaugurated into his second term January of 1985. In that year, the Geneva summit was held, which marked the first meeting between Reagan and Russian leader Mikhail Gorbachev. Two years later, we would hear the famous quote, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I don't know, Grant, if you had a better uh, Reagan impression. That sounded like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I, I, I kind of just all, all old. Mr. Old Gorbachev, take tear down that wall. I don't know. <laughs> Not bad. Sound like FDR. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Your old white man impression is FDR. Mine is Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Adam, you want to throw your hat in the ring with? Uh, not, not really. Do, not. It, do it. Doesn't he do like a? Doesn't he do a? Oh, like sound again? I think that was okay. Nixon. You're thinking about Nixon, I think. You're thinking oh. of Nixon. Oh, that <laughs> no, that's oh, that's okay. El- that's Elvis, Melissa. That's Elvis. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, boy. Okay. The 1985 World Series, a very thrilling all-Missouri World Series. That's right. Uh, between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals. A well, little shout-out to Andrew Corns there. Um, What's up? Yes. Yeah. And we may need his help with this next one because the series was known as the I-70 Showdown or the Show Me Series. Well, Missouri is the Show Me State. This it sure is, is. This is news to me. What does that mean? Show Me State. Like, yeah. show me, show the me money. them titties. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I was gonna say that, but actually, I was like, Melissa, I already, I already I knew, messed up. I knew being where like, you were going. The thingy thing. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going, and I, I did it for you. There you, you go. Know, Thank you. My, That's why I was like, show me. Them. My first introduction to that was uh, in a Nelly song, famously from Missouri. That's goes, right. Um, okay. I'm from the Show Me State. Show me seven. I'll show you eight. Because he rhymes it into. Uh, Okay. Song. So, gotcha. Yeah. Was that was gotcha. that country grammar? I believe. Well, I yeah, I was off. I think that was the EI. First, the, yep. Yeah. EI okay. from Country Grammar. Great album. <laughs> it's a great song. And Nelly, of Show course. Show me state though. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Which any no one has any idea. No, what that means no. We'll have to have Andrew Corns explain that to us. Uh, but Nelly, of course, was a minor league baseball player. So we're getting back to the World Series. The series saw the Kansas City Royals defeat the St. Louis Cardinals in seven games to win their first World Series in franchise history. And one of the only two to date, because they beat the Mets 30 years later in 2015. I just have to get that in there for you Mets fans. <laughs> the 1985 World Series is best remembered for an incorrect safe call made by the first base umpire Don Denkinger in Game 6, with St. Louis leading the World Series 3-2 to in possession of a one nothing lead in the bottom of the ninth. Denkinger incorrectly called Jorge Orta safe. The Royals won Game 6, 2-1. On a two-run walk-off single, and then won Game Seven, eleven to nothing. So, if it were in modern times with the instant replay, the Royals would not be champions. But so sad. The Cardinals have enough. We don't need to give them this one. Give it, give it to the, give it to the Royals. This was like the era of like George Brett drop, like almost drop kicking an umpire for <laughs> ejecting him out of a game. It's just that it was that kind of baseball. Yeah, we and we are just on point with the segues here because uh, there was just one Hall of Fame player on either side for the Royals. It was, as Grant said, George Brett. And uh, for the Cardinals, Ozzie Smith. Oh, the wizard. Yes, yeah. the Royals were managed by Dick Hauser. The World Series MVP was Brett Saberhagen. Oh, okay. And uh, the Royals GM, John Scherholz. The Cards manager, Whitey Herzog, also made the Hall of Fame as uh, you know, manager and GM. Adam, any thoughts on uh, on Missouri baseball, the Cardinals, uh, Brett Saberhagen, the Royals, anything? Uh, I do. You said Ozzie Smith, and I actually do remember Ozzie Smith as a, as a player. Uh, uh, other than that, I, I I can't I I really can't contribute much. Uh, Ozzy Smith was famous for the uh, the doing the old backflip across the field. He's a, a real fan fan favorite. But Adam, I ask you now, do you love lists? <laughs> oh shit! I love lists. <laughs> I love I lists. Had a feeling you did, Melissa. Do you love lists? No. <laughs> no. Wow. No. Jeez. Not no. necessarily okay. a fan. <laughs> Well, Grant? It varies. It varies. Okay. It varies. I like lists, yeah. No, well, if I you like listen lists. to 1,000 and one by one, you'll know that they love lists for the most part over there. <laughs> and uh, I have a list for you today, Adam. I, I hope you're excited about this. because well, I'm excited uh, too, okay? Yes. I was just oh. that because, you know. I think Grant would be excited too. <laughs> this is the segment where we talk about the Billboard number one song of the year. And I have to say... 
This year is by far our best collection of number one songs. That okay. like it's not even close. Like blows it out of the water. Wow. To the point where I'm not going to read you the top ten, but I'm oh, going to read you the top fifteen year oh. end songs in order. Love this. And you're going to see just banger after banger after banger. Okay. So uh, I I was going to do the ten, but then uh, eleven and fifteen they're just too good. So if anyone. Uh, feels the need to break out in song at any time. Feel feel free to do so because these are all uh, all earworms of of songs here. Challenge and accepted. We're going to start number fifteen, a a favorite of yours, Adam, and almost a favorite of Melissa's. If you listen to our Sharknado six episode of Below Freezing, you'll oh, hear yeah. a bunch of chatter on this one. It's the power of love. Oh, uh, what, not by Celine Dion, by Huey there Lewis in the news. <laughs> Number 15 in the year-end charts, of course, from uh, Back to the Future fame. Love it. Number 14, We Built This City by Starship. We built this city. That's right, on rock and roll. And, oh, my uh, God. I was going to say on rock and roll, but I didn't That's know right. that was the next line, so I didn't say it. <laughs> we built this city using tax dollars. That's, uh, That's by Starship, whose other big hit, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, was written by Diane Warren. So tie into that was our, our last episode. Ah, yeah, that's a great Starship. song. A Number great song. 13, how you guys feel about REO Speedwagon? It's Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another great one. Another uh, on, on a bunch of soundtracks. Oh, I think oh, it's yeah, in some of those John Hughes song. movies. Mm-hmm. Number 12, it's Phil Collins and Philip Bailey with <gasps> Easy Lover. I oh, love that song. Easy Lover. Is that? I've, I've a... Number 11, Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young. Okay. Written by Hall and Oates. So that one is... Um, Every time you go away, you take a piece of me with you. I don't don't know. I don't know if I don't. Not my Hall and Oates song that I know. So that's their eleven to fifteen. Now we're now it's going to get real, uh, real intense here with the top ten. Number ten, possibly one of the best music videos of all time. uh, Take on me by Aha. Yeah, that's a good song. Classic one hit wonder. Uh, Number nine, Crazy for You by Madonna. Yep, got it. I know Madonna. Yes. I know yeah. that song. Underrated Madonna song, in my opinion. Yes. Grant, you, have you properly gotten out your Madonna thoughts on this pod? Oh, I know it, it's, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about her. It's fine. You're not crazy for her? No. Um, I don't like her much either. Damn. Uh, we could cut eight. that part. <laughs> Keep it in. I'm, I'm all for Madonna. I'm, I'm, Keep it I'm in. super I'm pro. Madonna. Yeah. Super pro Madonna over here, Melissa. Don't worry. Uh, eight, I want to... Another famous music video, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. That's a good song. Cartoon music video. You would you would know it if you heard it. Okay. All right. The you early would, yeah, MTV yeah, I deal. promise you you would know it if you heard it. <laughs> Number seven, one of my very favorite songs by Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. Classic 80s tune. We have Hall and Oates kicking in again at number six, Out of Time. Out of touch, out of time. I don't know. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. Number five is the only one I didn't know. It's Shaka Khan, I Feel For You. Oh, I know that one. Well, yeah, your, your dad and your mom, are, yes. I think, were Shaka, Shaka Khan fans. Khan fans. Yeah. Yep. For a foreigner, <laughs> I want to know what love is. Oh, oh yes. man. Big time. I want you to show me. <laughs> Wonderful song. Wonderful we, song. We sing that to each other every night. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we go to bed. <laughs> in a, in a, uh, a crop duster plane as you're flying over a bunch of flamingos. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. love it. We're down to the top three here. Another 
famous movie song here. It would be Wham! with Wake Me Up Before oh. You Go-Go. Fuck yes. Yep, I know that one. one. Yeah, the gas station scene in Zoolander, Zoolander yeah. of course. Uh, number two, it's shocking that this wasn't number one based on how huge the song is. It would be Madonna again with Like a Virgin. Uh, yeah. Okay. But the number one song of 1985, get your saxophones out, folks. It's George Michael with Careless Whisper. Was it Wham? No, I know, but that's not Wham? No, this was George George Michael's solo. I think that was his first like solo song. God damn. Yeah, careless. Wow. That's right. That's right. So there's uh, 1985, by far the biggest list of hits. Normally, I, I can like pull five that are famous, but this was just like one after another. No, it, it was. It's. It's a. I'm sorry, Kieran. It's a Wham song. It is Wham. Okay, it was yeah. listed on the usually ironclad Wikipedia as George Michael. Well, listen, so. there's there's nothing incorrect on Wikipedia. Yes. So no, it was it was on their album Make It Big, which was a a single. Okay. There you go. Out of I, Africa. I, I, found, I read this. I'm reading this on Wikipedia. <laughs> Both of our sources are Wikipedia for the same fact. Let's figure that out somehow. The Best Picture winner 1985 was Out of Africa. It was directed and produced by Sidney Pollack. Screenplay written by Kurt Lutke, based on a few different source materials, including Out of Africa by Karen Blixen, Isaac Dennison, The Life of a Storyteller by Judith Thurman, Silence Will Speak by Errol Travitsky. Music was by John Barry. Cinematography by David Watkin. Film editing by Pembroke Herring, Sheldon Kahn, not Shaka Khan, but Sheldon Kahn, and Fred and Will Steinkamp. Production design and art design by Stephen Grimes and Colin Grimes. Set direction by Josie McEvin, who also did the set direction on Tom Jones. Costume design by Milena Cananero, who has four Oscar wins for costume design, including Grand Budapest Hotel, Maria Antoinette, Barry Lyndon, and another Best Picture cast favorite, Chariots of Fire. Joey's wow. just stood up in applause. I, I, can, wow. I can hear it from uh, just a town over Grant. Out of Africa starring Meryl Streep, Robert Redford, Klaus Maria Brandauer, Michael Kitchen, Malik Bowers, and Iman, of course, the model Iman, who was uh, once married to David Bowie. Uh, was nominated for 11 Oscars and the winner of seven Best Picture, Best Director, Sidney Pollack, Best Adapted Screenplay, Kurt Lutke, Cinematography, David Walken, Score, John Barry, Art, Set Direction, and Sound. It was nominated for but did not win Best Actress, Meryl Streep, Best Supporting Actor, Klaus Maria Brandauer, Costume Design, and Film Editing. Sad to say it is not on the IMDb Top 250 or the AFI 100. And there we go. A $31 million budget movie. It grossed $227.5 million worldwide. 87 of that was domestic. And there we go, folks. Out of Africa, we are off and running. How about Grant? You want to kick us off with this uh, with this one? I feel like you're probably <sighs> the most familiar with it at this point. I probably am. You did your homework for this thing. Did you do a little source material action, too? I, I, I listened to a little bit of the book that it's based on the out of africa memoir it's not it's weird it's like it's non-linear it's just like each chapter is just like a series of vignettes it's, it's not like a it's like a, a, like it's, a it's not journal a, entry it's right? not a chronological story it's just like this is about this, this is about that very very little mention of uh of dennis at the point where i, I don't think i meant i heard broar mentioned once 
So it, it, the source material is very different mm. from uh, from the movie. And the movie itself is, I don't know, I, I've watched this movie a few times just because I felt like I was missing something every time I watched it. I'm like, I feel like I should either love this movie or hate this movie, and I don't have either emotion. Interesting. Like, I just, it's like, it's shot, it looks nice, and like, the acting's good, it's just, like, the story's kind of, eh. So I don't know, it was, just, it was just kind of like a very very neutral to me okay uh melissa i'm gonna have you go next <laughs> this is your you were the freshest eyes to this thing you had, you had no preconceived notions coming in whatsoever you just press play and you got uh you got a whole lot of merrill out in africa yeah i i you know i have to say my takeaway from this is pretty much the same thing like i didn't this this was not like a i love this movie i'm gonna watch it i'm a million times but this also wasn't like this is the worst picture I've ever seen mm. I very much was left kind of like meh like oh okay <laughs> this was me yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it, it but like I, I'm probably putting a more of a negative spin on it but it was very much just a yeah, yeah. like yeah, a, yeah, no, no, yeah. It, it's like it's good it's not like it was yeah it's, it's like oh no it's good it's just like all right yeah if I never see it again I'm absolutely fine yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I think my final question was, was this real? Did this, was this, like, I didn't know that it was like, there, there, it was based off of a memoir. But mm. so I kind of wish I would have known that maybe going into it. But really, I don't know if that would have changed anything. I don't, uh, I don't know that it would have either. <laughs> Adam, let's go. What do you got for us? I'm, I'm no, nervous. I, I'm hopping on, no, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm hopping on the same train that Grant and Melissa are on. I, I by no means hate this movie, but about halfway through, so um, we kind of watched it in a, in a weird late afternoon period, and so we would we stopped it like every fifty minutes. We broke it into thirds, and we when we got to the end of the second there, our second chunk, you know, we went upstairs to kind of you know we 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 got our kids some 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 food, and we were we were just kind of talking about the movie, and it just kind of clicked with me. <laughs> there was no conflict in the movie, and so. When it is just a series, and and like the way it's like uh, Grant was describing the book of a series of kind of vignettes, that's kind of how this felt. But when there was, I didn't feel like anybody really had anything to lose. I mean, spoiler alert: we could talk about this later. But like when her, when her building gets set on fire, I was like, oh okay, and then that was it. I just like they never explained what happened the, well, or any real repercussions. Really, yeah, the, the stakes, stakes weren't that high other so, than getting. So there, there were points of the movie that were. Yeah. Good. And then, yeah. but, but because nothing was that connected, because I never felt like Karen was in any real, um, <laughs> any real, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was never really concerned ab about her, if that, if that makes sense. I thought I didn't care. Yeah. I just wasn't concerned. Yeah. No, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And I, you know, I actually think that this is going to be, this is going to be a super intriguing movie. For discussion, because I, I think there's a lot to talk about, and you know what makes a great film, what makes an entertaining. But what what like what are your purposes in making a movie? And you know the narrative here in this one is, I think Adam, you kind of put that really well. And, and I think when you when you take something and base it off of what's essentially journal entries, or yeah. you know, or, or you know, when when you're writing your own journal entries, you're there's no you're not doing any exposition or anything because you already know what's going on. You're yeah. just kind of writing it down. And I feel like this movie, this movie lacks some tangible story, and the, this the story. And and in, in listening to City Park talk a little bit about it, you can 
hear that they were struggling with how to assemble the script well, and how to put it together. And it does feel if, that way. If, if you have to use four books to amass a story, yeah. like it's not the like source material is not strong enough on its own. But the character here is someone that has been sought after to make a movie by David Lean, by Orson Welles, by like all these filmmakers. Like this is like a hot I'm, I, I, I'm, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, it. I'm very conflicted when it comes to this movie because there's there's two ends of it for me. I think we're all sentiment wise, we're all pretty much on the same page. I think you know there might you know it might teeter one end to the other who liked it more than the next, but I think we're all kind of in the same place with this because this is not a movie I'm gonna go rush to see again by any means. But it's also not a movie I would I'd be like oh, I'm not watching that. It looks fucking fantastic. I I think it honestly. Looks probably as good as any movie we've covered. We'll talk about the score. I think the score is damn near perfect. And there's so much going on that I love about what to see and what to hear. I just have absolutely zero connection to the story whatsoever or, or the character. That's my big issue. Yeah. And, and in terms of, in terms of how it looks, it looks fantastic, except for the, like those three or four scenes where uh, Melissa brought this up earlier, <laughs> with the uh, the very blatant green screen, and it just it. it it's so weird for a movie that otherwise looks so beautiful mm-hmm. and the the framing of the landscapes and the uses of the usage of light and everything that they're able to capture of Africa to show its beauty. And then it just looks like something you would see at like a mall kiosk at points. <laughs> it was just like some, it was like almost like you make your own rock video, like make your own video kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, pretty that's sure what it one of those like. backgrounds you could even do in zoom. Like, it's, <laughs> you can have that as like, you know, the like a Snapchat filter, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Not the but like the... <laughs> yeah, that's the snow, a snowy Danish park. You can see yes. you can get the uh, the background. <laughs> uh, well, so, Adam, what, how does how does that sort of thing affect you when you when you get that piece of that? So we briefly talked about this in Rebecca. Granted, much different situation in, in 1940 when they're so driving the car and there's the obvious. Well, it's but, a, yeah, 45 year difference. Yeah, when your in, goal is the is the visual in this. What what how does how does that sort of thing affect you here in this one? The, uh, you mean the green screen of it? Yeah, those like little green screen insertions. It's just it's unfortunate because Sidney Pollack is such a competent. I'm going to say filmmaker, but just like an artist, like he has such such great roots in theater and in film as as an actor as a director a producer like he he really is he's actually one of my unsung heroes of of like film i i really Ooh. really appreciate him um so when you have those those couple of shots and it's like it's not even like the you know when you watch a movie on 4k and it's like oh wow that looks way different i this was just a standard dvd copy of of right. the original negative like this is nothing fancy and when it's when it's that apparent on on that it just it really stood out and the the movie clearly had a, a decent budget even for the for the 80s i i don't know it 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 didn't really pull me out but like when when it's when it's up for so many other technical awards you just wonder where where and why they skipped the way that they did. Well, it kind of makes sense because what is it? Like she's whipping a tiger or a lion in one scene that looked, I'm pretty sure that was happening, right? Well, it was. Yeah, that looked very real. But like her sitting on a log somewhere in, <laughs> in Denmark, Denmark, right? you know, yeah. talking. Um, they couldn't film that on like location. It, it makes sense after the fact you saying like they couldn't put this, they were having trouble putting this movie together. It was like, well, did they have to put that scene in? Oh, that's great. To make it blend yeah. or to like, 
and or, or or they or they couldn't like move it to like an indoor set. Like they couldn't they couldn't just like okay, well they they left the park and now they're talking inside now and just know, it, yeah. I know that there was um that he they were having a hard time figuring out how to start the movie because they wanted to start it in Africa, but they they needed to do the Denmark stuff to show the transition into Africa too, but they didn't want the first thing you see is Denmark. So it was, so they figured it out so that they, okay, now we're going to do like her remembering Africa, then we're going to transition to Denmark. And then they wanted snow. And they were filming in England and I, the area they were filming in was like, it never snows. Mm. And they got a day where they were filming where it just to, so happened to snow. Like, and it was like perfect. And like, oh my, this is, this is amazing. We got yeah. exactly what we wanted. What, and now from here at this point, I'm just guessing. I'm guessing they needed to do reshoots and there was just no snow anywhere near. So, uh, and if they're out in the countryside, they don't have like the snow machine kind yeah. of like Hollywood deal available. Then they tried to do this green, green kind of thing. I think they probably just didn't get what they wanted in that small window, but I'm with you guys. I think you need to condense that and not have that little eyesore there. But that being said, I also kind of look at it as like, you know, when someone goes four for five with three home runs and their fifth at bat, they strike out looking like the worst hitter in baseball. I, you know, no, I visually no, just like, listen. Like overall, this movie is a, is is beautiful. It's just there's a few scenes. It's like it's that. It's um, my takeaway. This is not the green screen scenes. I'm like I, I when, oh no, it's when not I like, see it's not like, like, like a like a real life African safari yeah. on screen, you know, with Robert Redford and Meryl Streep and it's, a fucking plane flying. Over, like that's what I'm taking away from this movie. Oh. Not like you know, not like some jerk off on a log in Denmark. You know, like <laughs> I I've long forgotten no, that I scene mean, by the time they're abs- up in the airplane. You know? ab- absolutely, this is a. Although I think there's some green screening in the airplane too, right? But there was some green. <laughs> there's some green screening in the airplane that just did not did not need to be there. Nah, they just they they could have just yeah. had that part out. Yeah, and it would have been absolutely fine. And then, and when her and Broar are in the car after the New Year's party, I think, mm-hmm. and she like she and she like kicks him out, like that's green screen. I'm like, you can't go in a can't find a car. You can just sit in and do, do the scene. Like it's just there. There was just some. There were there were just some things. And it's, listen, that's not my main takeaway of the cinematography. The movie looks unbelievable. It's just like when it does stand out, though. When a movie like this, well, of course, looks especially like that. when a movie looks that amazing. Like right. the spectacle of the movie is beautiful. And right. Yeah. So when you do have those scenes that just all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? Yeah, it is a little. <laughs> it is. It is, it is a. Jarring and like kind of you just are like, what happened here? <laughs> if you could handle like this big landscape and you know time, you know the the lighting of the sun, like you know what I mean. Like outside, you can't. Yeah. But you're doing a green screen with somebody sitting on a log. It's just kind of like what? <laughs> yeah. What happened uh, behind the scenes? <laughs> Adam, I'm gonna go over to you here with this uh, because. You know, you, you mentioned Sidney Pollack here, and, and I, I want to, uh, you know, have you talk a little bit about him, because I got to be honest, you know, this is, this is the first time director we're covering here. We haven't covered any Sidney yeah. Pollack uh, movies yet. Yep. And I myself know very little about him. I have not seen really anything by him but Tootsie. So if you can give us a few minutes on your, your history with what, what you've seen with him, and I guess he's got some stage stuff too. Well, so, I mean, 
people might know him um, as an actor as well. He was in Michael Clayton. He was in Eyes Wide Shut. He, he's in Tootsie as well. I will not go too long on this because uh, I could go on for a long time. He made his bones in the theater. He was a part of a group that studied after. So there's the, there the Elia Kazan, Marlon Brando group um, coming out of the 40s and 50s. And then there was another group of teachers that came out of there. One of those guys' names was uh, Sanford Meisner, who was a big theater teacher of this era. And... People like um, Sidney Pollack and uh, Paul Newman and Robert De Niro and Robert Duvall. Those are of this new group of actors coming through. And um, and you can, and Sidney Pollack tries to bring a lot of that work into his films. There's a lot of it in Tootsie, um, especially the scenes between him and Hoffman, who have been trained in the same um, that same style. There's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of riffing off of each other. And he's done some. I uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Absence of Malice is also really good. He did Three Days of the Condor, um, which is a great '70s uh, thriller. You've even seen Three Days of the Condor. I think that's that's Redford and Faye Dunaway. Um, he did The Firm with Tom Cruise in the early '90s. I mean, he's. Yeah. He's he's a he get, always will give you a like a really solid film whether or not it's your genre of preference is you know that that'll be up to you um but I think he's I think he's a really great actor I think he's a really good director and his his ties to theater um I really could talk way he's in he's in a documentary about Sanford Meisner which of course is just even cooler cuz <laughs> because I I dig that stuff but um yeah really really solid guy yeah, great stuff. And I mean, this movie, uh, he directs the shit out of this movie, uh, you know, I, I feel. And and it's what what I find kind of fascinating about it is it's like, you know, you have your David Leans, but like David Lean kind of has a thing that he does. It doesn't seem like Sidney Pollack has any uh, anything else this epic and this this huge. Well, and that's that's kind of what I the part of what what why this movie stands out to me in particular is because it feels the most unlike a Sidney Pollock movie and and Tootsie is way different than Three Days of the Condor which is way different than Out of Africa but a lot of his movies have a really big draw I mean those movies are so story centric they're such and the similarity between Out of Africa and those is that the characters are all really interesting um I think the characters in this movie are are great. I, we could talk more about how they're used and how they're connected, but Tootsie and Three Days of the Condor and The Firm, even like I, he is a he is a great director of actors and he's a great storyteller. I think it's it helps if the story being told was I don't want to say was better because I I think that there's a good story in here. I'm just not sure how well it it was adapted to film. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I kind of view this one as an example of being a little too concerned with telling the history of these real life characters. I think this story could have used a little more a little more fiction maybe. You know, let's let's make a movie as opposed to let's let's account what went on in these people's lives. I I mean I I yeah, I, I this I think this is going to be a lot of agreeing because I think one of our and this is we we tried not to talk too much about shared thoughts or things that we would bring up on the podcast. But one thing that we both were talking about in really, and I'm, and I'm not going to jump the gun too much here, but one of the later categories is what would you cut? And I think the fact that this film had four editors and was still this long. And there were so many, not even unnecessary scenes, but, but scenes lasted way longer than like, they needed to. So yeah, yeah. I think they're part of what they tried to do was make, make this movie more than just a, romance they tried to make the yeah the whole thing about imperialism and the dangers of that and that sacrificed 
kind of developing relationships more, maybe raising stakes here and there. Like you, you talk about the, you know, like her Karen's coffee plant burns down. You don't really care. And I think that's because we never really see her struggle. Like we hear, <clears throat> like she talks about struggling and we know that's going to take a while for her to yield like a, a, a good crop, but she never, you never really see the impact well, of, of a bad, of a bad season. And we don't get to hear about it because when she's with, with Dennis, Dennis, they don't talk about what's happening in yeah. their other lives when they're not yeah. together. There was a moment th- there's a, so everybody, all the men leave because of war. War is coming, and so she's left. She's, she stays at the house. She stays with the plantation and stuff. But then she decides that she's going to head a crew out to where uh, where Broar and all the other guys are. So she right. goes out. No woman has done this, and she's and 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 she's sort of fighting the elements, and she's fighting lions. And there's there's a scene where a tribe comes running at them, and everybody freaks out, and they stay still, and then nothing happens. And then they make it. They make it to the camp, and she meets with Broar, and nothing happens except that she gets syphilis. And then, right. and then, and then that's. And then we get the we get to the next like, and then and I'm I'm not you know I'm not even trying to be funny. The syphilis thing is the next real issue she has to deal with. But like, she goes on this huge journey that I feel like most movies that would be the story. Like, oh, how does she do it? It's 15 minutes of this movie, and then it like never it never comes back into play. And right. so this vignette, the vignette nature of the movie, makes it really hard for these prior moments to really be elevated. Well, right. And it's like you're not, of course, this character Karen or the this per- woman, yeah, um, is intriguing because it it is like <laughs> this woman going to moving to Africa and totally being put outside of like what she really knows and having to, um, what was the plant they wanted a dairy farm? Oh, dairy farm. And, and yeah. that's what yeah. she like, yes, dear. kind of knew, but then all of a sudden it's changed and it's going to be a, a coffee plantation and, but he's not going to help and she has to do it. And like, it's this, it's this movie where you really want to learn about her and like herself, like, um, just kind of like the struggle that she really goes through. You don't really get to see that. You see glimpses and moments, but yeah. Yeah, and and there are some cool role reversal things and gender reversal things where you know she it's it's her money and it's her establishment and her and it's and and Tim kind of you know changing what she's doing and you know she says and why don't you do it with your own money if you're yeah, going right. to make all these decisions and you know and and she is a strong character and it, it does not surprise me that that there were so many people trying to make a story out of this. Uh, but it also kind of doesn't distract. It doesn't surprise me that it, it gave them such a struggle to to do it. And I think this is an example of maybe subtleties working against a movie. The filmmakers were trying to go for this: the life and the nature and the world of Africa, overwhelming whatever day to day life problems and conflicts you have. Right. So, which is why I think this movie is a little bit absent of uh, of stakes and of conflict because it's it's. The nature of Africa surrounding you is greater than than the sum of any of your problems, and yeah. and the one thing that can rise above with it would be the romance. You know, such so is why she gets swept up into this whole thing with with Redford, who's like a man of the land and a man of 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 Kenya and of the area. Yeah. and I I think that they just kind of put that out there and don't don't grasp it to to the ground enough for the viewer to really get a full feel of it. This movie couldn't decide if it wanted to be about 
a romance or if it wanted to be the larger issues involving Africa at that time period. And they tried to do both. I think that's what leads to the lackluster well, the lackluster product. I want, I want to come back to that, Grant, because I do think there are some ideas there we're, we're, pertaining to the, the problems in Africa at the time. So I, I want to come back to that. But I want to ask you guys, Grant and, and um, Melissa and Adam, the romance itself, how do you rate the chemistry here? Were you, were you buying it, refeeling it? Where, does it? where did it kind of rate with you on this one? I, I thought once Redford and Streep go on safari and it's it's them i mean post actually yeah it's it's uh post them hunt uh shooting the lions when they're when they're kind of surrounded that it's it's great when they're when they're out there in 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 on the safari and it's just the two of them and they're talking and they're having wine and uh it's it's just them it's it's really great and even when even later on when they're having the argument it's it works so well because they're both so passionate and their passions are kind of, they're missing each other a little bit, obviously, which is where that friction comes in. And that's, I think, I think that's why it works so well. I liked these two on screen together a lot. Yeah, Most I agree. Be- I, I actually agree. I, the romance part, of course, I like wanted to see more of it just because I, these two characters just intrigued me. They're so like complete opposites, but at the same time, they just totally connected as one. And so when they were when they were together, you really saw that they just loved and like cherished those moments that they had together. Yeah, I just I I don't know. I think like deep down I really wish I would have seen more of it cuz it just seemed yeah. like we would start to see them, you know, and then okay, well tomorrow we got to get up early and go hunt and okay, good night and like they would go to bed and it was just like, "No, it was just getting so good." <laughs> but I don't know, like I think that their relationships and the times that they were together was the most intrigued I was in the plot um, mm. of this. Yeah, great the chemistry for you. Uh, yeah, the scenes of them just talking are my favorite scenes of the movie. The even the ones when they're just getting to know each other with the storytelling. Uh, then later on, when they're having the the conflicts, I, I think those are. Those are my favorite scenes of the movie. I uh, what they do together really elevates it. It elevates the story. I, I I think they they do a great job. It's interesting comparing the two of them. Yeah, I love them both in this too. But I gotta say, the movie just picks up so much steam for me when Redford walks on screen. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like those first ten minutes are boy, they're borderline torture. Um, the, the you know, ten, like, ten minutes. The opening 15, of the movie. Is the however long it takes before like, he I'm steps sure on it was screen? Like Forty minutes. Until yeah, we saw him. It was when wasn't he, it a long time until we saw him. <laughs> when he kicks into gear, then I'm then I'm then I'm like, all right, okay. And you know, the, the scene of um, the first scene with the two of them and the lion is just uh, you know where he like doesn't. She's like, shoot it, shoot it, and he's like, no, no, she's she's good, she's good. Like and that, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm into this. Like I'm yeah. like that that fully sucked me in and grabbed me in and. Ah, boy, this movie needed needed two movie stars in the worst way. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm terrified to think of what this would be like without them. As far as their romance and their chemistry is, you know, I'm I I, I dug it. Um, I don't know that I was a thousand percent fully in uh, as as you guys were, or at least as, as much as you guys were. But it the fact that they're the stars that they are really uh, made this thing float 
for me. And once we get up in the plane and we're, you know, we're, we're washing hair and that, that's, then it starts to win me over as far as the romance goes. Um, but it took a little while to get there. And I guess that's part of it is, is, is related to the, to the problematic, uh, husband, you know, that she's breaks away from yeah. and his before. And that's a, such a cold connection between the two of them, uh, which is done intentionally, of course. Oh, but that's, uh, that's interesting. I don't think it's cold at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys were digging it. Oh, well, well, I, well it's, the, the way that they friendly, become, just... they're, I mean, it's, it's how they start, how they become in, in this partnership. It's a partnership that they are agreeing to is like, Hey, we're friends. I, I have money and I want somebody to be able to like spend life with. Right. He's and like, then, I need to be married and you need money. Yeah. So let's just help and this each is other a partnership. out. Let's make it's, it work. Cause we're yeah. already friends. And so, so maybe it's, let me just, let me, let me dial con- back. It's a marriage I mean, of convenience. Yeah. So maybe cold, cold is the wrong word. Just lack of chemistry is kind of more what I meant is that cold is probably not the best way to say, it, but just having, <laughs> having zero romance for me, at least I, I didn't get a connection with them. I, it's, it's such, I, here's the thing. I, I, I can't say that they had chemistry but they care I also for each other. really liked their scenes yeah. together. And again, this is why this movie is, uh, it's confounding. You don't because... know who you're rooting for, <laughs> really, truly. Because um, her Karen and uh, Blixen, is that his name? Or Broor, Broor. or, or Bl- whatever. I feel like I'm a saying a reindeer's name. Blixen? Isn't that a reindeer? <laughs> Blixen. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Her, her husband, Prancer. <laughs> you know, yeah, Donner, is, yeah. Blixen, they, and Rudolph. They also have a very interesting relationship but not once do you really look at I mean I don't know I don't look at him as a villain I don't look at her as this innocent woman it it, it is a very interesting dynamic that they put these two relationships side by side in this movie to very parallel really because they're going you know it's but I, I enjoyed it I loved seeing that relationship and this other one blossom because they both went completely different directions but there was nothing there was no animosity or like hate hatred at least yeah yeah and and pollock said like with that character he wanted you know he wanted the audience to to kind of like him at the end of it you know that it that there was a um even though he's kind of doing these these uh, these regrettable making these regrettable decisions oh, and he kind of and he casts he literally casts a Bond villain in the in the role yeah too and yeah he's he's literally a, he's a scoundrel like he's like that's somebody that's like they do bad things but they're so charming that you kind of let them get away with it and 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 Meryl and Meryl Streep is the same way she's like I really should hate you but I but I don't well, I mean like right. yeah when I mean he, he's like he's at every turn. He's he screwed her over at every turn, whether it's like changing the plans of the farm or cheating on her or giving her syphilis it just and just not helping with the farm at all. Like every chance he could to to do the right thing, he doesn't. And you still you kind of don't hate him at the end of all of it. It's very interesting. Uh, Klaus Maria Brandauer. Oscar nomination, though. I, can, I, I I don't think so, Adam. It looks sounds like you might you might have a defense. I, I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah. Wow. A hundred percent. It's wow. You guys, to 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 this character has to be a, such a hard, complex character to really like develop and to to do the things. Literally, you are screwing 
you're like you're screwing her over. All of a sudden, you're changing plans on the farm. You give her syphilis. You are cheating <laughs> on her constantly. And yet, at the end of the movie, the audience is sitting there just like and has most of us, I feel like, has compassion for him and like sees that he does care for her. Yeah, it's, That's it's, a very interesting, like to, to do those things and then have the audience at the end kind of sit there and have interesting feelings, I think is a... The, the way that he tells her that, that Dennis has died, it's, it's not blunt, it's not happy, it's very, it's very matter of fact, but only the way that somebody that knows you so well could do it. Yeah, yeah that's a good I, Honestly, all I'm all we can talk more about some of the other nominated films, obviously, at the end of it. Uh, but um, I'm all for it, I'm yeah. all for it. Cool, wow. I see, I wasn't expecting that because I this, this performance did not connect with me. Um, oh. it didn't. I'm sorry, wow. it, it didn't. You know, I, I, I liked his 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 scenes, you know, his third act scenes or scenes in the end there, he kind of brings it back together. But I was stunned with to hear that he was nominated after because I don't check I, the awards till after I, I watch yeah. them and I was stunned. Yeah. I, I liked his performance. I'm kind of somewhere between the freezers and you, Kieran. Um, I, I think I liked his performance. I don't know if it was uh, nomination worthy, but I, I uh, worthy, but I do, I do see their points about having to, it's, it's hard to do the things he does in this movie and to still come out clean as it were. It's, it's, it, that's hard to pull off. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love that. I love the I love the performances that have the the conflicting uh, ideas about what what should get a nomination, shouldn't. You know, this was very much a spotlight. Uh, w- uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, this was very much like a Rachel McAdams spotlight. You know, what I don't understand this nomination situation for me, but I, I like I like how you explain it. And hey, you know what? You're the uh, you're the actor. So you well, know, some <laughs> people aren't just as blessed as Meryl Streep to just get an Oscar nomination because it's Meryl Streep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well. That's that's why my, that's why my wife doesn't like her. Here's the thing: I I <laughs> I love yeah. I do I love Meryl Streep like in certain movies, and then there are other movies where I'm just like it. She was fine. What like what movies? But like which this ones? one. Oh, you so you know. All right, so let's segue to that. Now you are not thinking that sh- that Meryl should get nominated here. I just I wasn't the biggest fan of her in this movie. I believed her in some scenes, and there were other scenes I'm just like, oh. I don't know, like, why? Why did they put her in this? And I kept asking Adam, like, what movies did she do before this? Like, it's because she's, you know, up and coming or or she's like, she just made an amazing movie, so they're putting her in this one. <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like this movie she was cast in because she was, her name was Meryl Streep. Wow. I, 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 I'm sorry. If I, if I can. Uh, yeah, go. She was almost not cast at all because Sidney Pollack didn't think she was sexy enough. It was going to be like Audrey Hepburn, I think. I don't know who it was going to be, but Sidney yeah. Pollack didn't uh, think Meryl Streep could be sexy enough. So I then, didn't like, know Audrey Hepburn was going to be a. Tw- I am Audrey Hepburn. I am a Audrey. Uh, Aud- Hep- Audrey Hepburn would have been uh, too old for that. I am too. She, yeah. she wouldn't yeah, have that, done that, the right role, but I don't know, Meryl. I actually loved her in this. I I, I thought this was just like a. Uh, just a token world-class performance that I, I just don't know how many people could pull off. There is like a Tim Duncan-esque nature about her where she's kind of like, it's like she's so good it's boring at times. Like, I, I get yeah. that. Like, you know, it's just, she's just such in the wheel. But but the, you know, pulling off that accent, you know, we talked about, we were talking Elvis about about the ridiculous accent that Tom Hanks has to do, but, you know, the, the Dutch accent isn't cinematic. Well, you know what? The Danish accent isn't very cinematic either. You know, that's it's tough to make it work. And there's moments in this movie, like, particularly in the voiceover, where it's not necessarily working perfect. Yeah. But 
I, I don't know, man. I th- I think she carries such a heavy load here in this. And it's just like, close your eyes and imagine Winona Ryder doing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> think about well, how big of a disaster it would be. You know, I yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, I think that that like wins above replacement with her is, it's just, it's so much wider than you, than like the naked eye could even pick up unless you really take a step back. Yeah, well, no, oh, I, I, okay. I like the performance I think in that's it. a little like not fair because you can like <laughs> do Beetlejuice and be like, picture Meryl Streep playing Winona Ryder's character or whatever. <laughs> like you can't do that. Like you can't, Picture her now, now, Melissa, uh, Melissa, 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 who was who played Beetlejuice again? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what's hold on? I I know his name. Think, Michael think, Keaton. Think, Michael think, Keaton. Thank you. There you go. Look at our movie posters. A shout, out, shout out to the <laughs> that, below below freezing that, white noise episode. That is an actor that can transform. I know who Michael Keaton is. You think? But you I think Mike? He was, I still, I look at Beetlejuice and go, how is that Michael Keaton? I don't see Michael Keaton in that. You know what? I'm, I'm, my, my recast for Out of Africa is Michael Keaton as Karen Blixen. I think I, that's just, yeah. You probably nail it. <laughs> Are we putting Redford and Streep into Beetlejuice? Well, listen, Alfred's there, so you might as well put Batman yes. in there. There you go. There you, there you go. go. Yeah. Adam, Streep in this movie. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I'm. I, I mean, I think you got to do. You have to give props to the vocal work. It is that's tricky. I mean, it's it's not an easy dialect. And I think, given the the length, like the literal length of the film, but also the time and how much time passes, um, I think she holds it together really well. I hate to do the old like Mount Rushmore thing, but it's it's not one of her more memorable ones. I don't think there's as much. She's not asked to do as much as she is in other films so it's again i i wouldn't say it's a bad performance because i don't think that it is but i also don't think it's the thing that we're going to remember her for which is tricky in a career you, that's as long uh, as hers yeah it's, i was going to say is mount rushmore big enough for meryl streep i mean she she <laughs> might get put on the actual mount rushmore by the time that that she's gone what we remember her for i get it but i think she is asked to do quite a bit in this one just just thinking with how we've already talked about how the story kind of is is stalling at times. You know, the engine is stalling on the story and the screenplay. Yeah. And we're not totally connected with everything that's going on with these people. I think if it's not Meryl Streep, this could be a hot mess. Uh, th- that's just kind of how, how I look at it. I think that she's, she's holding a lot of pillars to this movie that could crumble real quick without someone of her, of her stature. What do you think, Red? Yeah, I, I I said this before when we talked about the street, the uh, the chemistry between Streep and Redford. That what they do on screen elevates the movie for me. And I yeah, I, I think you put in two other people. I don't know if it. I don't know if anyone's really talking about this movie. Adam, uh, you talked about the voice work a little bit here. Uh, one of my favorite female performances of all time is Meryl in Bridges of Madison County. Uh, where she again does amazing accent work in that. I think that's that's like an Italian uh, accent she's doing in that one. Accent work as as an actor. Now Redford was supposed to do an English accent, and they were like, "Eh, nah, we're not going to do this." Um, just talk a little bit about like what goes into that. Like, is is it something that you found yourself wh- where you're acting like it getting away from you a little bit, and you're like, "Oh, this is not going well," or is it something that y- you just if you're not living in it completely? It, it, it's it's not worth doing. 
Before I answer that, I want to get to the thing where Sidney Pollack said that there's no English actor could be as charming as Robert Redford, to which I call bullshit. His name is David Niven, and he uh, was in the Pink Panther films, and he was in A Matter of Life and Death. Uh, David Niven is is charming as hell. Um, Also also in your lowest ranked first half movie, Around around the World in 80 Days. days. (laughs) Yes, yes. But still a very charming man. So the thing about dialects is is interesting because uh, my in with dialects is that I usually find a phrase. It's a phrase or like it's it's mouth placement. Like that's it's it's basically as as tricky as as that sometimes. Um, You know, with British, it's very much you can get away with British almost just putting everything forward put everything at the front of your mouth and it comes out a bit different and just even doing that like finding little things like that i my voice teacher in grad school was great she was talking about how uh Back in the day, people in the South, like Georgia or Louisiana, had this very proper Southern way of talking, but that people in Texas had this real nasal way, like Oklahoma, they talk like this. And she goes, that's geographic. The Dust Bowl fucked with people's nasal passages. And how, so people in Oklahoma and Texas talk different, not because they actually do, but because that's just how they sound. And so Texas and Louisiana have different sounds. And once you, can find that placement or just even if you just know that thing it can get you in so somebody like Meryl who is like Juilliard trained I think she went to Juilliard um and like is as talented as she is once you find the thing once you she I know she studied listening to Karen Blixen talk and once you find that in whatever that in is for you as long as you stick to it you, you have it. it's not easy um but if you have it then you have it have you been on stage before and had to do an accent? And while you're doing it, you're like, I don't, I don't know that this is that this is working here. Like it starts to get away from you a little bit, or you're not feeling fully comfortable or not committed. I thankfully I've only really had to like the hardest thing I've done would would be like a British accent um, in a film. A, a couple times I've done a British accent. Um, I have done a monologue with an Irish accent before, and there definitely have been times where like halfway through it starts to go, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is not, <laughs> this is not this isn't it anymore. We we've seen plenty of plays though where people are like all of a sudden doing a British accent, and then it just, it just like, disappears. It disappears, and then it comes back in all of a sudden. <laughs> Robert Redford, are you okay with him just doing the doing the Clark Gable? I'm 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 Robert Redford, and that's everyone else around me. Some from from another nation. You know, I kind of I mean, I think it worked. Well, yeah, exactly. It I, that's, worked for his character. That's what I was gonna say. I think I like the idea of um, Berkeley being uh, British and. Uh, Dennis being American and they just kind of are two guys that are on the planes doing their thing. And I, I I almost wish there would have been more, I don't know. Give me, give me somebody from, uh, from Ireland. Give me a Scott. Just like make this, make this a, I I don't know how you do it, but like I, I liked the dynamic of everybody kind of having a different dialect, being from a different place because Robert Redford's sensibility didn't read British at all. It, it, to me, it read American. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I, so I, I think I think Berkeley as the British guy and then Redford as the American and and, and Street bringing the Danish. Danish. That I I, lo- I liked the the differences and it, it led to like the different you know how they how they were. I thought that was great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I didn't know Redford was supposed to be British until I did a little bit of research. Same. And I was like, "Oh, I was like it kind of works perfectly as an American, as an American character. So yeah, just like in my head, I'm just like, okay, no, he's just always American. And there was never any, uh, 
conflict about his his accent, whether he should or shouldn't use it. And I'm always going to like that more than someone fumbling over a accent or trying to force it. Or um, yeah, it de- it depends. Yeah, I'd rather just like the just like the performance myself. Redford in this in in general, Melissa, how did uh, how did he work for you in this one? Yeah, I mean, I I liked him. I liked him from the moment we saw him when he was carrying those ivory tusks <laughs> throwing them on the, on the back of the train. <laughs> Clearly, he's not from there, but he seemed like he really belonged there and understood the way of life, which was very refreshing. And like the few lines that he said, he didn't, I was actually like, I, I thought we would see so much more of him. And in the end, I'm like, wow, he really didn't have that many lines. Like, that's what I thought at the end. And But the lines that he had were so intentional. It was so telling on his character and that he really understood the culture and the life and how, you know, the natives, how they lived. And he respected mm-hmm. that. I love this character. He works. He feels just right. <laughs> and I, I have one of those quotes as my quote of the movie uh, right here, too. This is from Redford uh, to, uh, to Streep. And he goes, I like animals. Nothing they do is half-hearted. Everything they do is for the first time. They hunt, they eat, they mate. Kind of over the the campfire, just two worlds colliding in a a concept. And I I thought that was was totally fun. But yes, he he had a ton of banger quotes in this one. Yes. Yeah. yeah, So many. Uh, Uh, Grant, Redford for you in this. The Robert Redford charm was there. You really buy into everything that his character stands for. Even if you don't agree, you still you understand why he is the way he is because of how well it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think his his sensibilities on how to you know on Af- and British imperialism and what it means to love somebody. I, I it's kind of perfect for his character. Yes, I and, well, it's funny the the Redford Streep relationship both in terms of the characters and the actors themselves is, is interesting because you've got Streep doing like full-blown character work and she has to because of the of the dialect and the the poshness the upper crust of society um and Redford's being Redford and and that's <laughs> not an insult at all Red, I mean some people make their careers off of kind of playing the one thing and, and I'm not knocking him at all I think he I think he's, he works perfectly in this movie for this role um we earlier it was mentioned about the sort of the gender flippiness of of Streep being on her own and being a like there, there's even a, a more another subtle moment where she's the one who slinks away after she's had sex with uh, mm-hmm. with Broar she's the one who leaves mm-hmm. and, and all that which I think is great the unfortunate thing though is that they do saddle her with this colonialism with this view of how these young African kids should be raised and they give Redford who is who is top billed in this movie, which is horseshit. Um, (laughs) uh, They give him not only the best lines, but they give him the most prophetic lines as well. And that, that also works against Streep, who is, who I think has good intentions, but her good intentions mean changing the way that these, uh, I, and I don't know where exactly in Africa we're set, but basically changing the way of these young Africans and how they live. Where, where is it? I think it's Kenya. Yeah. Definitely at least filmed in Kenya. Yeah. Um, I I think it is. And so it's it's interesting because Robert Redford gets to not be in the movie as much, but he gets to say most of the best things, do most of the cool things, and come across as the the like wayward hero because his beliefs are more in line with the the natives. 
And like, and then they like some of Meryl Streep's last lines is like, "Are they going to remember me here in Africa?" And my last note was like, "You are not Africa, lady. You aren't from yeah. here." And well, they, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. And I know that there's a real town named after her in Africa, and that's all. That's all great. But like in the storytelling, they really, they really short shrift the the character of Karen, and it's right. her fucking story. Yeah, this is this is. Uh, this is part of what I took out of the movie, what they were going for thematically. And this goes back to Grant, what you're saying before about what was going on in Africa. So we're going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the underlying themes of this movie and one of the underlying themes within the character work that's being done with, with the lead here, this is a, a character who is desperate to make an impact, desperate to have her imprint and her, her footprint last here in this as a as a, a European would see it as a frontier uh, or and that's the what's going on in 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 the world and what's going on in Africa the, the missionaries and the imperialism and and all that and here's a, a woman who uh, she can no longer have they make it emphasis but she can't have kids anymore and she's trying to get Redford's character to settle down and she feels like she has to be married it's like there's so she's so desperate to make some sort of lasting imprint and you're juxtaposing that with this grandiose safari of animals and and nature and landscapes and just this this huge beautiful world that's been here before us and will probably be here after us and the europe the european imprint over here is just cancer up and i think that that's what the movie is kind of talking about a little bit and it is unfortunate that the character is kind of the the one with with the pie on their face. We talked about all the positives of the gender flops. It's unfortunate that they kind of do that in the end. And and that Redford character does have a hint of like the Brad Pitt in Twelve Years a Slave of uh, I'll come save the day kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I do think that there was a bit of that thematically going on, and and I think a lot of that's hammered home metaphorically with that plane that plane ride and just kind of seeing the forest above the trees as opposed to being in them. Well, and I just feel like, oh gosh, Meryl Streep's character, when she says, okay, so she's in the den with Robert Redford and she's like, I just want something to be mine. Or like she's talking about marriage and he's like, I don't know. He's like, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or I don't know what he says, but that line, that kind of, that's when it kind of hit for me where I'm like, this character doesn't, she doesn't want something that she can call hers. You can't follow this character, Karen, through everything that she's done for her to just be like, I just want something to say that it's mine. Like, you had a lot that was yours. That money is yours. The farm is yours. These kids, the school, like, you did this. Like, she that's where it kind of, for me I was like this doesn't feel right in the storytelling because I don't believe that this character wants something for her she wouldn't do everything she's doing if she just wants something for her you know I what think I mean? she like, feels though how insignificant it really is in the grand scope of things by the end of this insignificant everything she did how is that insignificant like this I, oh that's where I'm I like, think the character, character feels that way I think the I, character feels that way by the end of it I, I don't know I just like don't and that's where I just feel like I wouldn't believe it. There's nothing in- insignificant about this character. Does she feel 
like she wants that companionship. I think she does. But you also see it. Like she has so much. And you see it in these little glimpses. And the, and the irony is 100 years later, here we are doing a podcast about her, you know. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> so it is sad that if that's how she felt. Like it is, it's definitely sad. But I, for me, I was like, I don't believe it. This is where the movie kind of teeters back and forth. She's accomplished all of these things with the school and, and well, I mean, the, 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 co- the, the coffee farm goes belly up, but, but she was by all means successful in, in these ventures, but just in love, she wasn't like her first, her love Hans back in, in Denmark, uh, you know, screwed her over. Her brother screwed her over. Uh, Den- Hans's brother, Broer screwed her over and she can't get on the same page with Dennis. And I think that's what she was talking about with wanting something of her own, a functional, loving relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a stylistic choice that the movie does to kind of de-emphasize some of the the steps that are going on in her life to reflect her, you know, her writings of how she felt that the she was overwhelmed by the nature of Africa and the, and the atmosphere of Africa and felt how insignificant what she was doing was. I thought that was choice. That's what I was saying earlier with like, that's where story, you know, filmmaking subtleties can hurt you because if you're kind of leaning into that, then you kind of have a boring story going on. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? It's hard for me to feel for her, the character, um, at least the character as represented in the film that much because there's even a scene where she goes, I have to go back and borrow more money from my parents. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to be fine if that's your issue. Ultimately, like if your issue is I have to go back to mummy and get more (laughs) money, well then – then clearly, I, you, I mean, it's and I don't, it's not for a lack of her caring or wanting to make a difference, but this a fish out of water story can work so well depending on what it is. But it felt like the as soon as she got there, I just like she's gonna. Of course, she's gonna try to make. She's going to try to change things, and of course, we're gonna see them as good because we grew up where we did. But like, right. it's I do think that some of her some of her attempts to make a difference were misguided and, and may have done more harm than good. So it's, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a trust fund girl moving into bed and like, <laughs> and like, like gentrifying the area kind it, of thing. It's, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's the, it's the, it's the grad student who is getting, is doing their doctorate in, in something and they need to go to Peru and like, oh, and, but they're really, they're invested and they're young and they have a passion and they want to help versus like, right. oh, I've, you know, I've never been to Kenya. Let's go. And all of a sudden now I have this passion when really it's, it's not there. And it's, it's, it's tricky that it's hard to get away. I mean, she's a baroness, you know what I mean? Like she's got, yeah. her problems are different than our problems for sure. But her problems aren't Africa's problems. I'm not even sure how we how do we get here. I'm confused. well. No, but hold on. I'm just gonna. But also, if you're looking at it that way, she could have. She didn't have to leave. She could have stayed. She had the tribe. What was um? Oh, the Kikuyu. Yes, Kikuya. Oh my gosh! Like clearly, they would have. They were. They looked at her as like one of their own, and like they looked up to her. They would have brought her in so you know she was like i loved it here I, I wish i didn't have to go and it was kind of like well you don't have to she wanted to go back to where she would have been well off this is a quote that pollock cited that inspired 
kind of what they did with the the propeller plane, uh, the crop duster plane scene and, and all that, which I think to me is like probably like the most epic scene in, in the film there. Yeah, for sure. This is a quote from Judith Thurman's autobiography. Judith Thurman wrote one of the source materials about that, but this is her commenting specifically on the out of Africa um, source material that, okay. that you read, Grant. This is Judith Thurman's words here. Out of Africa doesn't describe Karen Blixen's life on an African farm as it was in a documentary sense lived. The serene perfection of the style, the spareness of detail, the attendance of God's all signal that we escaped from the gravity of practical questions have gotten up to a pure element in all that offers less resistance to the ideal. The point of view in Out of Africa is an overview, which Karen called the one thing of vital importance to achieve in life. What we see is a landscape from the air, Time and action have been tremendously compressed and telescoped. So essentially, just more or less saying is that in her writings, Karen talked about looking from the above and not getting too caught up within the day-to-day. And I think like running a farm, we're doing a coffee farm here, we're doing a steer farm. This is like, no, no, take a step back and, you know, view view the world a little more existentially. And that's kind of what they were going for with that, with that plane shot there. The score, guys... Thoughts? I have a funny uh, anecdote to tell on this one, but what were your initial takeaways? Oh, I loved it. I, th- I had nothing wrong with the score. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I, it, I thought it, it fit. It fit the sweeping, yeah. vast, epic nature of it. It, it, like not, not. I feel like this could be taken as a negative. It felt very much like a like a John Williams score, but I mean that in like the most sensational of ways. I mean that as like a. It felt yeah. like it was definitely helping guide us through the movie. Yeah. Yeah, was, I think without telling good. us how to feel, though, no? Like, I, 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 I felt like it, it had a backseat in there. You know, there wasn't, like, there wasn't, to me, there wasn't a time where the score, like, took over. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys' sound system is better than I, mine. I mean, <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think it does during the plane ride. I, I think that's when he really lets, you That's know, its time to shine, though. Let's us that have is, it. That's uh, but probably I'm, the only time, though, I, I really feel yeah. like it kind of guides you. Because even in, like, when the farm burned down it wasn't like dun 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 <laughs> like, right. but it was, you know it was very subtle so but I do agree with you with that one scene there, I think it kind of just elevated <laughs> this is how we should be feeling right now yeah yeah I, I, I listened to the composer talk about the score and, and some of the some of the, the things he used and that scene where uh, Dennis returns from safari and he just like from the fruit like the first time after he and, and Karen uh, hooked up and he comes back home for the first time and they're like in the, and they're in the bed and all that. And it's not a romantic score. It's very, there, there are dark undertones to it. And it's, it was a really interesting choice that he did. And it, it really works if you, cause you watch it because you know, you, I mean, as you're watching the movie, you know, it doesn't work out one way or another. Mm. So it's, it was interesting watching it as it it's a it's a, a more of a darker song or darker theme to it adam any familiarity with john barry and any of his other stuff because he's kind of he's kind of a big name that i wasn't too uh well versed on him yeah. coming into this one i didn't i didn't click the name and i but it is familiar i just can't i can't place it right now yeah i think he's i think he's got like five oscars or something along those i know oh, we'll talk about it again with him. dances with wolves so the the story that i have to tell about this is now, my uncle, this is his thing, his go-to thing with this is, now, in the 80s, when he was a bachelor, mm-hmm. okay, his go-to 
move when he, you know, he met someone and they were going back to his apartment to hang out, is that he would whip out the vinyl of Out of Africa soundtrack and put it on the record player and fill up the room with the smooth tones of John Well, I'm glad that's what he was whipping out. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I wasn't going to get away with whipping. He's he's from the show me state. (laughs) (laughs) Set the mood with Out of Africa. That was his his go-to move there. And and did did he wash their hair? That is, uh, he didn't go into that depth, but I do know that he then he gifted his his out of Africa vinyl to my brother and told him the story. He's like, "This is what the girls love back in the eighties. You gotta <laughs> you gotta play out of Africa for him." And uh, I was like, "Brendan, I, I listen. The eighties was a long time ago. I don't know if So I'll have to talk to my sister in law and ask if if my brother wooed her with <laughs> with out with the out of Africa vinyl. My guess is no. Oh, my guess is man. that uh, that she benefited from him scaring a lot of people away with it if he tried to, <laughs> if he tried to actually do that. Yeah, that, that is a it's like you just gotta put on your members only jacket, put on the Out of Africa album, <laughs> maybe put on some night court. Uh, I'll tell you what, if he's listening right now, Michael's furious because he swears by the uh he swears by the Out of Africa soundtrack. He says Listen, it's well, a, a wonderfully sure. romantic. I, in nineteen eighty five, I'm sure it did. It, I did learn a thing. I didn't I don't think I really knew what syphilis was <laughs> until this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes, That's probably a good thing. Why. Probably a good thing. I didn't thing. think it was a. What is it? Would you say this is a sexually? I mean, you probably learned disease? it in sex ed, right? It's most most commonly spread through. Sex. I don't think yeah. they taught us like you'd get syphilis and from sex. <laughs> I don't think I learned no, that. Was, that. that was, They're that not was, teaching that, that the in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> well, uh, syphilis is what uh, took down Al Capone. Yeah, right? that, that tax evasion. Al, 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 well, Al Capone didn't treat it so it, it, so it, it does it does affect your brain it really does drive it literally does drive you insane what yeah thought, it's like an old stigma now because like it's we live in when we do and everything has a cure and shit but yeah back in the day like if you didn't cure syphilis it could it could have some jesus yeah yeah i really i need to watch a documentary on syphilis awesome and like, can't <laughs> wait maybe for that. maybe maybe skip that um <laughs> i remember seeing uh or hearing that um because karen's Karen's father committed suicide. He also had syphilis, and they think that that was linked. Where that went on, so he it went untreated for him, which which gave him, you know, which which you know, kind of had that ball rolling that way, hmm. which kind of led led to his eventual suicide. Wow. Wow. But I, I don't know how much of that's conjecture. I did not see it on Wikipedia. <laughs> we I, haven't yes, firmed it up I, on Wikipedia. Yeah. I definitely had no idea what syphilis was then it until cannot, I watched this movie. Syphilis can also be transmitted during pregnancy. I thought it was the plague. I, oh. Honestly, I thought it was something that had to do with the plague. Hmm. You no, know? It's, it's, an, it's an STD. Well, I now know. The, let me tell you, the Pacific Northwest, Washington State does not. Did you learn that? I, I really don't know. See, I don't, don't think don't, they're not. Don't let me into this. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so uh, just I guess to, to wrap up the narrative here I, I have to call attention to the, the funeral scene at the end because I, I thought it was a wonderful scene um, and that oh, does kind of get me every time it's like you watch a, you watch a three hour and 40 minute movie and then that last scene puts a smile on your face you're like oh, I guess it was worth it um, <laughs> but no a, a killer funeral scene but I ask you this uh, Adam and uh, Grant and Melissa if you've seen these which has the better funeral scene in season four of Best Picture Cast? Which Merrill movie has the better funeral scene? 
The Deer Hunter or Out of Africa? Oh, I thought you were going to say Old School. Um, <laughs> no, Old School's on my Mount Rushmore. For <laughs> stuff. I was getting there next. Do you mean when they're I, back, like at the bar at the end of Deer Hunter? Um, I'm saying when they're kind of they're ca- they're in the church and they're carrying out the casket and no, they're at the it's, cemetery. It's out of Africa. I out think. of Africa. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I mean, just just in terms of like. You know, on the wide shots, it looked, you know, the open plains in the background, and it's just, it's way more picturesque than uh, than a cloudy, you know, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh afternoon. But just the, yeah. the, the subtle choice of her picking up the dirt to throw it and then not, not yeah. throwing that's, it. That's yeah. great. That's that's a great little moment. Wonderful scene. Wonderful scene. Yeah, the old school funeral scene's definitely <laughs> on the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of, uh, I have to put, obviously, the Godfather on there, too. And then, uh, and then Danny DeVito in Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the beer at his uh, at his sister in law, <laughs> his his, uh, his wife was his his sister in law's husband's yeah, funeral. Yeah, something like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get real, real weird with weird it. With it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see you standing there. Is that the yeah. one? With, is that the one with the slug? Yes. Yeah. yeah salt the snail. Oh no, Gail the snail. Gail the snail. Yeah. <laughs> a couple things before we head to the to the award. A couple things I want to throw out. All the all the village, like that entire village, was built from scratch. Yeah, that's much impressive. like Unforgiven. Uh, wow. Built built a lot of that from scratch. So very that that felt that felt so real. I was really surprised yeah, to did. hear that was that was built up. Yeah, it felt very real. And other things that felt and were real is that lion was really coming after Meryl. That was well. It depends on who you ask. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Which lion? The uh, the one that were in their whipping. When the whipping at him. It depends on who, because according to Merrill, yes, but according to Sidney Pollack, no. The the well, the commentary I heard from Sidney Pollack today was that, oh, that, really? that that lion was not tethered down. He changed his tune. Okay. Yeah, it was not tethered down, and because they felt it was cruel to the lion, so that's uh, not cruel to, to Merrill. Let's get, get after it. But no, but they were using, they basically were using like large fire extinguishers to quell the to quell the, sure. the, the, the lines from it. And they yeah. put, they filled the, the dead ox with, with meat, like, uh, like raw meat. Yeah. To, to keep them. Yeah. To, to make it be hungry. But yeah. so it did fake charge a couple times, but there was some, yeah, there was some danger there in, in that oh, okay. scene. Adam, how do you feel about the actor safety in that situation there? Well, things have changed a lot <laughs> since then. Uh, <laughs> you're actually talking to a bona fide, uh, consent forward artist through the <laughs> intimacy directors and coordinators group. Um, no, that's, uh, that's, listen, it's called acting for a reason. We don't, we don't need to do that shit. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, on the animal side too, the animal didn't ask to be a part of that either. Like, no. you know, like. No, that, that animal got whipped. No, that, that line sure. is not a, that line is not a part of SAG. It's no. not like. <laughs> that poor lion doesn't know any better. No. No. no yeah. Good. No good. Uh, I will say though, the, the wilderness and the, the the wildlife really kind of made this film oh, as far okay. as those natural shots. Yeah. So it it's not going to come up at any other point I don't think but like how fun was that scene with the monkeys and the Mozart? Oh. I mean come on. That was great. Amazing. It it was just a nice like just a little splash of color. It didn't really add anything but it was just a really cool but it you know it did kind of show you the the mindset of Dennis though. Like he's fascinated by you know they haven't they've never heard a human sound their entire life and all of a sudden they hear Mozart. Yeah, and it's just it's just kind of a cool, very cool. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really really cool thought process from from Dennis. 
And I, I really loved how they didn't just, you know, just like show us a rhino and show us a lion and send it home. Like, no, they gave us, they gave us a real glimpse of the of the ecosystem out there, and we got no, a, a whole, whole whether it was the flamingos or the um the, or those yaks, I guess they are the water um, buffalo. Water yeah, the water the water buffalo. Yeah, Come yeah, on, every, every bit of it. I I just totally dug, and you know, when we talk about like what the value and the importance of the movie is, like that stuff. I mean, there's just, you don't see it in all these movies. I mean, other movies we've covered, like, around, go back to Around the World in 80 Days. Like, that, let's just show a bunch of animals. Like, I felt like I was in the Indianapolis Zoo at that. Like, that's not like, you know, the, that, yeah, this was an African safari that we were on while we were yes. watching this movie. And it was very, very powerful for no, me. No, they, they, they set out to make it look as authentic as possible. Um, and I they, they really succeed with that. Everything from the costumes to the sets to just to the wildlife. Everything was just pitch perfect all right so journey to the nitpick zone let's do it let's do it hey you copied me i did (laughs) i did you beat me to it (laughs) okay nitpick zone uh grant uh it's been a you know, you're you're back from your paternity leave. You've yes. you're a new a new father, uh, <laughs> new father of two. I'm, I'm a brand new father of, of two children. I'm using my same script for my brother last week. You know, he is actually is a new father. So, but the look on your face when I said uh, I am a father already, you got me good. Like, you get, yeah, you got me good. Okay. I, I only have a couple. I'm, I'm not. I'm just by and large no good at the nitpick zone. She did not get insurance on her coffee farm. She did not get that insured. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? That's like that. That's how you know she comes from money. Was that she's like, oh, who cares? I thought it was going to be a a, a a cattle farm, but now it's Ooh. coffee and no insurance. Burn the shit down. Oh, that is that is a bad business move. It's a bad business move by the Baroness. Never let a never let a Bond villain control your uh, business plan. That's true. Adam, you have any nitpicks? Um, I I got yeah, only only a few. Um, I think my my biggest nitpick though is that I I feel like the movie did a really bad time really telling us how much time had uh, passed. God damn it! Ah, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Ah, I'm sorry. God. I'm so sorry. I even had. Oh, fuck. He stole mine. If you can't tell. Yeah. Oh. Aging was done kind of odd. I don't. I, I, I'm not gonna this, say it. To this, I I have no idea how much how how long she was there for. No, I literally was like, when, 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 uh, like how long, what time, please tell me in your narration, like how long has it been? How many moons has passed? Like, tell me something. <laughs> how many African moons? It's funny. You know, I didn't really think about it in this one. I, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like a Scorsese movie where like Goodfellas is just kind of, just time just kind of happens. Yeah, and, it's just. But like, but you can kind of tell though with like with his music cues and stuff like that, which obviously they're not going to do in this one. And you can get away with it. We talked about this. I mean, Goodfellas is a good example, but we talked about it a little with how uh, how green is my valley. It's like when you're remembering something, you always remember someone looking a certain way, so they don't have to age a certain way. Kind of. Right. It's like well, the, it was just memory logic, framing device stuff. It was just interesting. She goes away because she has syphilis. She comes back and there are cars and planes. Yes, and I was like, I, what? I, wait, what? I really, and that's where I was confused where I didn't, and I was like, I don't know what syphilis is because clearly you can, this is a fast, this is a, you can heal quickly. 
arsenic, good thing. Like that's, <laughs> these are notes I have been taking. <laughs> back back in the nineteen teens, arsenic yeah. was good for yeah, syphilis. Yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> it killed syphilis and then it killed you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm actually kind of lighter than normal on nitpicks in this one too. I have one nitpick I'll throw out: uh, tusking elephants for ivory. Yeah, it's a was, general life nitpick. What, was, why was, is this done? That was that was just done for a while. It's it's still happening today, which yeah, is unfortunate. Was, yeah, I mean, clearly, duh. Why is this done? But that I'm with Grant. That unfortunately is like a really big issue that's happening today. So. We're killing a 20 ton animal for its you know tooth. You know, like yeah. that, to me, well, what, is like what what people are doing. What conservationists are doing now is that they're they're painting their tusks. So that basically they'll be useless. So Worthless, they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't, like they wouldn't get killed for it. And it doesn't hurt the elephants at all. Uh, I like it. But yeah, I mean, no, it, I, that shit still happens. It's, it's uh, bullshit. No, I it just, yeah, it's tusk uh, awareness here at BPC. So we don't, yeah. we don't take stands often, but we'll take one here. Yeah. Down with ivory. There we go. <laughs> this is, this is a film nitpick. Broar's brother was just Broar with a mustache. <laughs> 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 like they gave him like a like a ninety sitcom treatment, or is just like, oh, this is Uncle Jesse's cousin, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just Uncle, just it's just John Stamos with a mustache talking a little uh, more Greek. <laughs> yeah, right. No, they were twin brothers in real life. No, they uh, weren't. Hans was older. Uh, is that right? Yes. No, I miss uh, I miss wrote that down. Wikipedia, damn it. Wait, uh, was that the same <laughs> character that played both of them? Yeah, it's the but same he's actor. For like yeah. a hot second. Oh, I he's, didn't he's, even he's barely he's barely that. in it, but like, yeah, they, they gave him like a nice like walrus mustache. Uncle Jesse's brother. That's oh amazing. my god! <laughs> I don't know why I just laughed so hard. I think I was just laughing so hard at the mustache because I commented on how big br- that mustache was, but I didn't realize it was the same. Yeah, no, it's, it's Brawr and Hans. Yes. <laughs> That's great. The Uncle Jesse reference was phenomenal. Well done. What was his Hello. twin yeah. brother's name? Does anyone... well, it wasn't a twin, but or yeah. his yeah. cousin, I, I... or what was it? And maybe, maybe, maybe the, it, this is just information that wasn't known. But like, what started the fire? Why is there a fire? Like, I get that. <laughs> I get that a fire happens, but like, oh, it's just a fire. Yeah. Anybody know why? Yeah. Anybody want to say why? Did just bad fucking luck? God was like, fuck you and your and your coffee. Like, I just yeah, lightning it was, strike. It was God. Yeah. Uh, it was God. I think God is coming to pull it back. Stavros was uh, <laughs> Stavros, Stavros was Jesse's you. cousin. Oh my God! It was his cousin. Yes. <laughs> yes. His uh, on the Full House wiki. His occupation is scammer. So <laughs> his interests are scamming, lying, and womanizing. <laughs> so he's like Broar, basically. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Okay. And then I'm sure if you keep reading on that Wikipedia page, they created this character based off of Bro. <laughs> yeah, right. The based timeline off of watching this movie. It was timeline matches up somewhat. I he mean, was, there could have been there could have been Full House writers was, watching uh, watching yeah, this. The, he this was movie. influenced by the quote Blixen Boys unquote. <laughs> Melissa, any nitpicks? I have one nitpick: the uh, hairstyles that they had for Meryl Street. <laughs> just really bothered me okay going back to what uh, one of you guys said that they they didn't think she was pretty enough to be this character yes yeah and i think meryl streep is just i think she's so beautiful and it's like natural beauty and but like uh and she does have like i know she has naturally curly or she used to have at least naturally curly hair but like 
I, I was like, what are they trying to do to her? Because I feel like they're trying to make her like look less pretty than she is naturally. I don't know. So that's a nitpick. Um, yeah. I don't, was that an attempt to age her or was it? Uh, I don't know. I, I agree. There was a couple times where I was like, oh, what's up here? This is. Uh... <laughs> it was. And that's where I didn't understand the timeline because the way that they were like styling her hair, I was like this in this time this would be a style that a younger woman would be wearing so either they're really trying to play on the fact that this woman doesn't want to get older and she's like just trying to keep up with you know or i don't even know they're just i was like not a fan okay um to, to stay on Meryl here, Melissa, and since you're gonna have to be the female voice of this of this particular crew here this is our second Meryl movie of the the season here we see her romancing a 70s de niro in uh, in Deer Hunter, yeah. In this one, we get Robert Redford in the mid '80s. A little less than a decade later, we'll see her in a a very passionate romance with '90s Clint. So, from the female perspective, how are we ranking these three uh, romantic counterparts here? '70s De Niro, '80s Redford, and early '90s Clint. <laughs> Be <my> nice. <laughs> Be nice. I think the most natural what would be with her and Redford that just seemed very and then I would say her and De Niro I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that might be a stretch very passionate film a very passionate and I'll, I'll say what of the three films the most romantic chemistry is in Bridges of Madison County well yeah if You're Melissa St. John is is the is the is playing opposite these three. Clinton, Clinton, the uh, in the in the kill bracket, I guess. I say, I was, the whole, the dy- their dynamic in Deer Hunter is a little bit weird because you're dealing with a lot of issues. Yeah, I think it's kind of intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird, but yeah. like I, I think I in terms of like attractiveness, I think that's peak De Niro. I think Deer Hunter De Niro might be the I mean, hottest he's, De Niro. He's yeah. he's one year away from being Rip Jake Lamata, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, but but in that movie, he's got like the busted nose and all that. I'm just, I'm talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> year but after he's taxi also, driver. Well, he's past but, that. That's '77. That's the year before. But I feel like okay, yeah. Clint, I mean, in the '90s, how old is he in the '90s? Like actually, he's, he's, he's in the '90s. He's, he's in the, <laughs> he's in the '90s. In the like, '90s. I mean, if you were to be like him in the '70s, but. I don't like know. Dirt, I like like he's, dirty, dirty Harry. Yeah, he's he's yeah, as far yeah. as late fifties. Any more nitpicks? Uh no, nothing, nothing major. Mm-mm. I just have I just have a question. Does, sure. uh, how good do you think her coffee was? Honestly, I don't think it was very good. It was. This seems like a half a half hearted project that they've put together here. She wanted to. She wanted more of a more of a steer thing. I think she would have. She would have served up a great glass of milk though. How about that, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I. Yeah, I mean, what was what was the whole thing? It was like it was too high for coffee. Coffee's never grown that high before, so I mean, chances are it probably wasn't great. Probably wasn't very rich. She should have opened a a, a vineyard and served there wine. You there you go. There we That's go. True. That's very. You true. know, the story we're not getting is that the her coffee was amazing, and the coffee farmer that was like, you know, down the street is the one that lit the. Coffee that's right. Fire. Oh, shit. Competitor. Yeah, like, that's yeah. right. Feel a feel a Folger down the road. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> fuck this. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, War time. We ready? Let's do it. Oh, shit. MVP. 
You want me to go first? I'll, I never go first. I feel like I almost never go, go first. first. So I'll, yeah. I'll take the take the thunder here. So I I actually I think when it comes to the to the actors, like the lead, it's a really fascinating conversation if you're going to go that route if, as to whether it's Merrill or Redford because, and Adam, you kind of worded this really really well before is that. Meryl is kind of saddled with the character work. Like she has to absorb that portion of this. And then Redford can come in and do the the Clark Gable role of just here I am to save the day, you know. Like it doesn't matter what country I'm from, it's I'm you know. Yeah. That's a fascinating duo. It's like what has more value, the person who keeps this whole thing structured or the person who kind of comes in and makes everybody puts a smile on everybody's face and and you know, keeps them from falling asleep. Was debating between the two of them and then step back and ultimately was like, "Well, wait a minute, though. why do people remember this film?" And I think it 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 has to be for the visuals. The filming on set in Africa, I hate to pick an entire continent as uh, as my MVP, but it is it is Africa here in this. It's it's the wildlife, it's the the landscapes, the setting. I don't think um in any movie, the only movie that we have that's that has that type of vibe about it is Lawrence. And to even be in the breath of a movie like Lawrence of Arabia, I think, is why this movie is talked about, why anyone cares about this thing. Why it's in the book of a thousand and one movies, um, and Adam, I'm sure you can appreciate because I've been on this podcast for saying over and over and over again, can we stop fucking filming movies in California and stop telling stories in California? Like enough already. And you've, I think, on one thousand and one, you've done like what five, six movies in a row, all set in L.A. We sure have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably a little refreshing for you to go out and uh, you know. And see, see at least at least something a little different than uh, you know the streets of uh, of Rodeo Drive. Um, <laughs> for sure, for sure. To me, those those landscape visuals are the most valuable part of this movie. Well, I I kind of went the same way you did at first. Uh, I, I'm going with Robert Redford. I loved his performance. I was I was captivated. Like the way the character was written and the way that he brought life to the character really makes this movie worthwhile. Brought life to the movie. Yeah, you know, he I, did. I perked up in my seat when he's oh, all right, this is good again. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Melissa, MVP. This was so hard because it is hard. This there wasn't one person that just was like, this movie was made because or this movie did it for me because of this person. There's certain characters that just like I, I just loved, and I think it. If I could sum it all up, it would be the. What are the people that live? At oh, her- the Kikuyu? The, yes. Kikuya. I would say them. Anytime they were on screen and just seeing the little things, like the little boy, anytime she showed up, that little boy that would like rob her pocket. <laughs> or, I don't know what he was doing. He wasn't sticking something in there. I know he was like looking for something and trying to take it out. But I just loved the interaction that she had with them. So very that, cool. They're my MVP. Okay, Very great. cool. That's right in great. line with me there. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I, I personally don't think that this movie has an MVP. Um, and that's not even a real <laughs> knock against it. I just don't think that there is. Uh, but, you know, c- considering the rules and stuff. Listen, I I, 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 I can't. My MVP is Broar. <laughs> wow. wow. He, he is my MVP. I, I think he, he was he was charming and fun and kind of kind of a scoundrel but I, like like grant said at the end of the day we still like him and uh i think he 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 did the most with the with the with the least and uh isn't that what an mvp is right right you you come in and you just whenever you're there you just do what you got to do and you're memorable for it so i'm going with broar 
I like All that. right, nice I like it. Klaus. Have you I know you're a little light on your bond bond viewings. I I am. I'm not even sure which one he's in. Yeah, what one is uh, he in? Oh, I don't know. I had it. I, I'm not a, I did I'm have not, it. I'm not a Bond second. guy either. The problem is that all the Bond movies sound exactly the same. It's like to live is to oh, die tomorrow, in, today, in, and then the other day. He's in Never Say Never Again. There we go. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's one of the big Bond ones. One, I think that's Connery. Con- okay, that's a biggie. Wow. Yeah. So maybe you got to you got to go check that one out and see if he uh, carries over that MVP value there. <laughs> LVP, the least <laughs> valuable player of this film here. Uh, Adam, why don't, you're, you're 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 riding hot right now. Let's just go right into you. Well, I'm gonna go with a big. I liked. I'm gonna go with a big sweeping answer like yours. And I, the LVP here is colonialism, just hands down. <laughs> nice. It just is. It just is. And my, when we get to quotes, um, uh, my my quote goes with that. Uh, but yeah, just just like you know, just white people thinking that everybody should do what they want to do. You know, this is not not the it's right a, way. This is a real life LVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it goes. It's it's a big. It encompasses beyond the podcast. It transcends at least, film. At least there's at least one character in this movie who is like, why? Like, you yeah. know, like she's like, they must learn English. Someone's just like, why? Oh, that, <laughs> like, uh, that, that, that drunk, that drunk yeah, English guy. Like, uh, I, don't, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think they have to. Grant, LVP. Uh, my LVP is the green screen. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Love it. No, like, but this is, but like, this is, this is a, like, this is part of it where like, in a movie that looks so beautiful, that really, that really does stand out. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. No, I should have picked that one. Hard to argue. <laughs> uh, Melissa, LVP. Syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot. Let me tell you. You learned more than you wanted. More than yeah. you signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, See? so far, this is this is a murderer's row of LVP, right? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I think I'm going to end the, the fun here because I think Adam's going to disagree with me on this one. Oh, but, shit. Um, this is just a nothing character for me. Uh, and it did absolutely nothing for me. And it kind of annoyed me that we were spending time on him in a in a nearly three-hour movie. Michael Kitchen is Berkeley. I, I, ju- oh. I did not care about this character. To me, he should have been cut from the roster. You know, I, 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 I didn't need him in this narrative. I don't disagree with you. Like, I think this is a character that could have been written about more and, like, could have had more of a storyline if we would have seen her, Karen's relationship with him, because clearly she confided in him. But we never saw that, That was, like, her first... it, it's it's like it, it, it's it, 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 this is already such a good cake. Do we need another ingredient? Yes. Like yeah, no, it's, just, it's yeah. it's got Defoe vibes from uh, yeah. the um from English Patient. You know where <laughs> yeah. yes. it's just yeah. kind of like oh, we yeah. I like Willem Defoe, but why is he here? Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this guy I don't even like. So um yeah. So he's he's my LVP there. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Kitchens. That's fair. Okay. I thought you were the war. Yeah, I thought you were. No, no, no. I was going to be like, we are flying you out here and you are going to watch this movie with us. No, no, no. no. I thought we were going to fly him out and then we'd stab him. Oh. (laughs) Well, Well, you'll have that opportunity in August. You'll have that that opportunity. I will say there was a cool moment with Berkeley when he's dying of the black water fever. Yes. His partner is tending to him and Redford's like, oh, I didn't know that you had somebody. He's like, I didn't feel that we were that close. And that really... That little moment there really kind of nailed Dennis's character and how he just hates being attached to people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of threw him through a loop. It was just 
like if you want to get rid of the character entirely, that's fine. But I just, I really, that was such a, that was a tiny moment that I thought really worked. Yeah. That's okay. All. Participation award. We throw, throw a little love to someone along the way there. Melissa, you want to go first? Oh, yes. Because I need to get my answer in before Adam because I feel like he's going to have the same answer. Farah? Am I saying him correctly? Malik Bowens. Yes. Farah. Uh, Karen's yeah. like. Like her main servant. Yes. Yeah. I just absolutely loved him. And at first, like the first few scenes, he was not, at least my vibe was like, he wasn't a fan of her. Like he was kind of like, oh God, who is this woman? <laughs> sure. Like, you know, and, but by the end of it, it was just, they really almost needed each other. And so the separation was hard. It was a nice moment when they were leaving, they were packing up the house. He's like, oh, make sure you, you make a fire big enough that I can see. That, oh that, my yeah. God. It was really yeah. sweet. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and, at the train station when she was like, call me my name, like that was like yeah. a really, yeah, it just tugged at my heartstrings. Yeah. And, then, yeah, and no, it's a very, very sweet moment. Melissa yeah. is right. He is also my participation winner. Wow. Nice. Awesome. Yep. Uh, portrayed by Mal- uh, Malik Bowens. Yes. My participation trophy goes to uh, David Watkin, the cinematographer. Um, it, it was honestly flirted with MVP for me. I think what he was able to do with this movie is the big reason why we're talking about it today. I'd feel remiss if we didn't give him any recognition. A little bit of redemption for David Walken, too, for uh, photographing Chariots of Fire before. Yeah, and he also did one of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen, Return to Oz. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. yeah. Yeah. That Return to Oz. Demented. That movie fucked me up as a kid. And he was, yeah, I don't he think I've he was, seen this movie. No, oh we, my I God. almost made us watch it once, and I, I decided not to do that. Thank yeah, God. T- terrified me as a child. But, was, oh but also, God. like, was a rewatchable. Like. Why do I have goosebumps all of a sudden? <laughs> because the because they go back to this. Oz, and it's like Oz has been fucked up. It's it's a young it's a young Feruza Feruza Balk, right? Feruza she's, Balk, yes. Yeah, yep. she's yep. she's a Dorothy, and it's like there's a, a headless woman, like, like a guy with a pumpkin as a head. Yeah, it's it's fucking scary. What the hell? What is this rated? It's PG. probably G. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Do you want to watch it tonight? No, that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 awesome. Check check out check um, out what the tomato meter is. Maybe you guys can make an episode on it. Oh my god! No, I only want to think of Oz as someplace over the rainbow, <laughs> not some headless uh, woman. This is this is over the rainbow and to the left. This I is did, uh... I did see in some of the interiors. I did see that chariots of fire vibe going sure. on there a little bit. Yeah, oh, um, scary. But up, uh, we couldn't we could not do it on the show. Wow. Oh. Okay. Do you what know about some... You know, you know why? Because it's awesome. <laughs> the, great, the great editor and sound editor, Walter Murch, directed Return to Oz. Wow. No kidding. There you go. Oh, shit. Damn. Uh, he also photographed another movie you watched for Worst Picture Cast, Grant. Moonstruck. I did. Oh, yeah. I like that movie. Like I, loved, I, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. That is a great movie. Uh, up to me now for participation award. Uh, it's going to be John Barry and uh, his score. It's just it, it's an important companion piece to this movie. It's not your Lawrence of Arabia where it's this giant uh, untross. Like it just kind of just slides in, does its job like a like a slick defensive center fielder and and makes it doesn't show up as the MVP but makes it work. All right, let's yeah, let's do scene of the movie. Oh well, I'll go first because somebody earlier mentioned that this scene was never ever going to be mentioned again. <laughs> And I have to say, my favorite scene was the monkey scene <laughs> with the Victrola. The monkeys. Just, That's great. That, to me, was just 
blissful. And I have to, I couldn't tell if they just were like fucking with the monkeys. They were like on set and they were like, let's just turn this on and film and see how they react. I could have sworn. I mean, those had to have been the first time those monkeys have ever heard that and just how they reacted. And then that monkey going over and just <laughs> almost looked like it was going to start smashing. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought it was going to be like DJ Jazzy Jeff and just start scratching the record. Nice. Nice. That. Yeah. That. That was my favorite scene. Which great, you know, yeah. No, it's nice. <laughs> Very cool, Adam. Uh, my favorite scene is when they're on safari and they're watching the animals eat, and then it's kind of goes slow motion, and he tells her to drop, but he, but she shoots it, and then he shoots the next one that comes. That moment of them kind of bonding in that way, her letting him know that she doesn't need to listen to him, and and him kind of witnessing, oh, she's, she knows more than I know. Like she knows more than I think that she does. Um, and the way it was shot, I loved the, the sound dropped out. It went slow and I thought it was shot beautifully. That, that moment there, that, that chunk of time was, was my favorite part of the movie. The editing choice there was great where they, they shoot both the lines in slow-mo and then it just immediately snaps back to regular, like regular speed. And he's like, reload. And he just, just like the, the cut there was um, was brilliantly done. I feel like picking the airplane scene kind of defeats the purpose of the category because it's a little more than a scene. I'm going to go with the other lion scene where she is, the one that kind of sets up that one, where yeah. she's saying, sh- uh, shoot him, shoot him. I feel like we get, to, we get a little more of the character of the lion in that, and we get to understand the nature of the beast a little bit. They're not killers. Yeah, it's, it's not just yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're not just like, all right, it's Meryl Streep and Robert Redford out here and there's a bunch of nasty, angry animals. Like, no, there's a, it shows that Redford's character has an understanding for the nature of the beast a little bit. And, yeah. and you know, that this is, you know, the lionesses are, are hunting for the pack. You know, that's the other kind of fun thing too, is it's, it's. They hunt, yeah. Yeah, and that's like a, like a, one of those like little known facts. The lioness that hunts, not the male. And right. that's kind of like, that's a cool undertone to the movie too, as we talked about those role reversals. Mine is the. Uh, the argument on the beach, Meryl Streep and, and Robert Redford by the by the campfire on the beach. You know, like, have you ever seen a, a marriage that you admire? All that stuff. Uh, I, I just think it was just great dialogue. Like we said about their chemistry, it was just really, really great just to see them playing off each other. That was in contention for mine. Oh, nice. Okay. Quotes. Did you guys have quotes you wanted to get out there? Yes. And I think this just really made me just love their relationship, but really kind of understand Robert Redford's character. But it was towards the end, and he says, you ruined it for me. And Karen says, ruined what? And he said, being alone. And, like, that was it. Mm, that was that's all. That was all I needed. And <laughs> I hate movies that don't end happy. If anybody has heard me speak at all about movies I hate that (laughs) and or just don't you know don't wrap things up in a pretty bow but that line for me made when later he says can I take you can I pick you up Friday you know and fly you to wherever for me almost felt like they weren't over and that that plane ride probably wouldn't take her to where she really wanted to go they would probably just fly somewhere else you know, and, and let an adventure, the next adventure kind of begin. It's like in my head where I thought their relationship was going. Just for him to be able to say that mm. to her really spoke like how he felt about her. 
And yeah, she's right. a man That's of awesome. few words, really. But. And hey, you know, a, a true, like, uh, I'm, I'm the bachelor out in the woods. I'm not tying myself down to anyone. Like, no one's going to tie me down. And here, here he is doing that self-reflection. Yeah, very cool. That was on my short list, too. Of, yeah, of quotes. yeah, That's that good. was yeah. that was my favorite. Grant? Uh, mine is also a Robert Redford line. It's right. It's kind of like, I guess, their, their, their breakup scene at, uh, at, Karen's, at Karen's estate. She forbids him from going to the safari, and he says... You have no idea the effect that language has on me. And mm. it's just so well put. He's just not a man that wants those kind of attachments and being forbidden to do something only hurts his spirit. And it's just a, just a really great line. Uh, Adam, do you have a quote? Well, yeah, I have two and I'll, I'll say them quick. Um, one and well, they're, they both involve Robert Redford. Um <laughs> One is more of the one of the more prophetic things that he says. He says it to to Meryl Streep, and he goes, and this is about this is about the the African kids and whether or not they should learn they should learn. And he goes, they do have their own stories, they just don't write them down. And it just reinforces the the way in which like just because somebody does something different doesn't mean that it's wrong. Just yeah. because they learn their stories versus reading them doesn't mean that it's inappropriate. Um, but my favorite line it's between Broer and Robert Redford. And it's when Broer is leaving and he goes, Dennis, you could have asked. And Robert Redford's response is, I did. She said yes. That is my line of the movie. I love that line. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Time Machine Recast. Take anyone. Plug them into this movie. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to recast my LVP, the Berkeley character. And I want someone who's going to kind of give me a reason to keep this character in the movie. And I guess maybe I'm still riding the Armageddon uh, high from from a couple weeks ago. Oh, no. And I've probably used him before, but hey, Steve oh, Buscemi. We're putting Steve Buscemi into Out of Africa in the Berkeley role. God. He can die of black water disease. <laughs> I feel like he... Uh, he Wait, with, a with a British accent or without yeah. a British accent? Uh, well, we'll let, we'll, let, uh, we'll let Pollock decide that. <laughs> he may have to overdub uh, his his performance there. We'll see. What'd you get, Grant? Well, I I, I got I got two. I'll go with I I did do Burke. I had Berkeley, but I'll go with I'll go with the other one. Uh, I I not that I think he had did bad in this movie, but it would be interesting to see. Uh, I I recasted Broar, uh with Alan Rickman, and I I think that he's somebody be both scummy and also very charming. You look at his work in Die Hard, like how Hans Gruber is a real piece of garbage but he's also like oh i kind of like him even though he's a he's a murderer and thief so yeah with alan rickman i like it adam well again and and just because this category is fun i'm also recasting broer he's my mvp i got nothing against him oh, um, recasting oh. the mvp but i i because <laughs> it, i think it's mostly because i'd love to see colin farrell play broer Oh, oh, that's interesting. interesting. I do like that. That's kind of perfect. Yeah, that works. Because he totally can, works. We've seen him. We've seen him be a scumbag, but we've seen him be so goddamn sweet and endearing. Oh my so, god! In freaking banshees. Yeah. I cry. Oh, that. Whatever. Yeah. That's a- Melissa, who'd you put in this one? Okay, I know I shouldn't say two, but now I have to say two because I had Broer. Is that what we're calling mm-hmm. him? And um, I also recast our main female lead, so I'm gonna go with her first. I said Florence Pugh. In the I, Meryl Streep role. Yes. Oh, interesting. Wow. Hmm. I feel like if we were to cast this now, she would be a perfect, uh, she would be somebody that I would love to see I, for multiple reasons. I think she has this 
not saying Meryl Streep doesn't, but I think she has the more believable than Meryl Streep in there, this. There's like a tenacity to her. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see her in this role. And I also would like to see uh, Jason Isaacs as uh, Bjorn. Bjorn? Blixen? I don't even know. Bjorn. Whatever. I like that one. I like that pick. I feel like Jason Isaacs could play like any number of characters in this movie. Mm. Just like any of like the stuffy British guys too. Just, yeah. Hey, there's I mean, why don't we just recast him where he plays everybody? <laughs> I like that. There, There's your Armageddon connection, too, with Jason That's Isaacs. true. There we go. There we I go. Love it. Cutting room floor. I mean, this is just ripe for this category here. Every movie can be shorter. Certainly Out of Africa could be shorter. Yeah. Where are we taking out of this? What what film or a scene or scenes are coming out of this thing? Um, there's really no wrong answer to this. Uh, Melissa, where are we going to start? <laughs> uh, I would definitely cut the opening... Ugh, agreed. Uh, yeah. Denmark. The Denmark yes, scenes. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I was like, where is she? I had a farm. Yes. Oh, <laughs> fucking. I had a farm say, in Africa. My first note in this movie was, I fucking get it. You have a farm. Shut the. I was so pissed. <laughs> I think, to be honest with you, I think that is where I kind of like really dislike this character. And Meryl Streep, because I was just like, you are annoying. Like the first line, this, like you just annoy me. So I think that's kind of where a little disdain for her and this <laughs> character. Melissa, we're on the same page totally. Denmark's the first place I went. I don't I know they wanted to do the this is where she came from, this is where she went and trying to like be the no, just in the fact that it it was that hard for them to figure out how to do it is telling enough to saying you just shouldn't have done it. Right. And yeah, you could have I, easily just said she was from Denmark. <laughs> and we would have yeah. been like, gotcha. This is why I, she's now here. I don't know. The framing devices issues too. Like, I don't need to see Meryl Sheep rolling oh. around in bed in a fever dream like she's Zelda from Pet Cemetery either. Like I, I don't <laughs> like I don't need that. Like well, get cut it, cut it. Mine is the bar stuff at the the hotel, I guess. Where at first she wasn't allowed in and she gets kicked out and then before she leaves they they invite her in for a drink. Out of all the of the, all the themes they were trying to accomplish and try to say in this movie, something like that didn't really fall flat and it was only kind of in those scenes where they make it a they make it a point. So I just figured it'd be better off just not having that at all. I don't disagree. Uh, like I said, <laughs> there's many answers to this question in this movie. This this movie could could easily be a half hour shorter. Easily. Well, and yeah. that, it's so hard though because I also like loved that scene those scenes where she walked in all of a sudden they were like you need to leave you need to leave and it was like it it really kind of was like this is the place you're in now and then at the end when she came back in and they had a drink with her I loved it like Hmm. I I was like I I actually like think this is but I agree where it was like what story are you trying to tell right yeah that's a great job telling both of them I do think that this movie could be told and you could have all of that there has to be a more concise timeline or story. And the, those specifically felt like vignettes that were just like, do we need it? It's only because that part of the story isn't fleshed out enough to really have an impact. Right. So just yeah. so just get rid of it altogether. Right. Adam, how about you? It looks like you got a big clipboard over there ready to go. <laughs> no, no I, the, I mean, there, I, I agree with everything everybody has said so far. I think... And if we're talking about characters that don't really serve a purpose, you mentioned Berkeley earlier. Felicity, the character of Felicity, does not add anything to the story. Mm. I don't understand her scenes. And and if you cut her out, maybe it only shaves five or six minutes, but then it's five or six minutes shorter. And and I'm less confused as to why she's in it. So cut. Yeah, I think 
I think she's in it because that is the the massive straw that broke the back of that relationship with Karen and and uh, Dennis. It, it's it's not because he was going away on safari; is because he was contemplating going on safari with her. I mean, could they have worked around it? Absolutely, yeah, they or could streamlined have. it. Maybe they could have. They sure. could have done something. But I think that's why. That's why they kept her in. And because also Felicity's mentality was kind of exactly what Dennis would have wanted. Where they're just like two bitches like, okay, well, I want to be with I want to be with the man, but I also want to be left alone. Would have been perfect for for Dennis's sensibilities. Having said all that, cut the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oscar reaval here. So I'm going to give you guys the seven that it won. I'm going to give you all 10. I'm going to give you all 10. It was up for it was up for 11, including best picture. I'll give you the 10. You tell me if it could only win one of the 10 that it's up for, what would it be? And then if it wins them all except for one, what's the one you totally think it shouldn't have won? Okay, so here here are the 10 in addition to Best Picture. Director, Adapted Screenplay, Cinematography, Score, Art Set Direction, Sound, those are the wins. Best Actress for Streep. Best Supporting Actor for Klaus Brandauer. Costume Design and Film Editing. So real quick again, Best Director, Best Adaptive Screenplay, Cinematography, Score, Art Set Direction, Sound, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Costume Design, Film Editing. I'll go is, first because I've already, wait, already let, been let on it. Just, is anyone not going to say Best Adaptive Screenplay? That's the one we're getting rid of? Uh, I, I'm not. Oh. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. Because I do think the task was enormous. And, you know, while there's... It's well, hard, I, I it's, think it's there's hard pro- because it's adapted on, like, so many things, too. It's right. Not- they're bridging a lot of different things <laughs> yeah. together. And I actually, like, as far as adapted screenplays goes, I think there are... While there's, it's definitely a bit problematic in areas, I think it's way more challenging than some of the shit that gets up that wins for... for adapted screenplay where they're literally just fucking doing the same thing right out of the source studio. This, there's some 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 creative elements here to that. But I'm, right. I'm going with supporting actor. I just didn't see an award-winning performance there, personally. Uh, we've already kind of uh, argued that out a little bit. And, um, you know, we have our alternate sides. But I just don't... I was I, That was the one I was the most taken back by. None of the other nominations really shocked me that much. Maybe, like, sound I wasn't totally ready for but i guess i get it with the animals and getting that's, all the natural sounds and stuff yeah. but that's mine is sound the sound okay all right so we're, we're close didn't deserve? that's the one i think we could we could axe yeah i am 100 percent uh adapted screenplay okay so Grant and, and melissa are there okay thank you melissa yeah, yeah. okay wow. <laughs> if it can only win one alongside picture what is it winning costume design Picture and costume design. What a yeah. combo. I love can't, that. Costume design down. was incredible. Yeah. It, it, phenomenal. I, I say cinematography. I'm going with my boy, Klaus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> picture picture direct. Nice. Picture and supporting actor. That's amazing. You know, it's funny because like, I feel like we've done a decent amount of ragging on this one. And I know it. it <laughs> this and a lot of the other films that win in the 80s get ragged on. But like, there's actually like a lot of well-deserved wins in this though and it didn't win costume design and i agree with you uh melissa it should have mm-hmm. uh i totally think it should win cinematography i mean give me a break the art and set direction and this is just about as good as it gets like yeah. they built an yeah. entire town yes 
the the interiors are are, are awesome. The score, score. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Jeez. <laughs> I'm gonna double up with you, Grant. I'm gonna go cinematography. Okay. I think that that's. That I'm not gonna try to overthink it. I think that that's it. That's that's the bread and bones. It, it, set, it sets yeah. it apart. Yeah. 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 Before we do the one to fives, I have some Twitter questions I want to toss out. We did get a few. We'll start with our own Joey R, who can't help himself uh, uh, normally. Redford did not have an accent. It was thought to be too distracting. Streep studied source material uh, for hers. Should they both have had accents? Neither would distraction have been welcomed? Okay, so we kind of already discussed it, but I'll go around the table. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Did how they handle the accents work? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, for me, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. It worked for me. Melissa, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Adam? Yeah, it worked for me. Thumbs up. Grant? Thumbs up. Okay, so we clear the accent thing. Sorry, Joey. Um, Joey also <laughs> says, so broar in quotation marks. Uh-oh, it sounds like uh, he's that's, got- That's LVP category. He's got a Joey R LVP target on his back here. So Broar gets a supporting actor nom, but the brilliant Doc Brown was forgotten. Justice for Back to the Future? Question mark. I mean, I'm, I'm. I mean, I, I think Doc Brown could be up for a, an Oscar. I'm good with that. No arguments there. Adam, do you want to do that now with, or do you want to say that at the very end for the other, the other Oscar stuff? I'll, 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 I'll save it. But, um, but, but yeah, let's get, let's get Christopher Lloyd in here for Doc Brown. But there are, there's somebody else who can come out for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so we'll wait on that one. Every rom-com at every rom-com is the account. And they say, as imperfect as its colonial aspects are, to watch a movie about a woman who goes against the grain by taking up work and by taking a lover was good to see as a child in the 80s. And as a romantic, that hair washing scene was everything. Dean's scene is worth reading too. Thoughts? Well, More of a comment? I do have to say, the hair washing scene, I don't think we... <laughs> Shown a lot of light on this we, we, scene. We, we, we haven't. Touched, we, we haven't touched on it a little bit. But, but yeah. um, who would have thought how amazing that? Like, ha- just how? I, okay, I'm just gonna say it. Everybody needs to get their hair washed. I wouldn't know <laughs> because I haven't had my hair washed, and I immediately looked at Adam. <sighs> and you want to know what Adam? Adam was <laughs> Adam. I go. Adam, why haven't you washed my hair yet? And he was like, I was just thinking I would like Robert Redford to wash my hair. And I was like, wow, we are on a different wavelength. That is now on a list of mine. I was like, I need my hair washed. Not okay. by a hairdresser in a sink. <laughs> You you you've un, you've unlocked a new kink. It's it's yes, yes. it's a hair, you got a you got a hairdresser role play thing. Oh Some my things god, gotta yes. get worked out over there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, um, it was just it was just kind of cool to see the first ever herbal essence commercial. <laughs> Adam, rebuttal, or are you gonna just leave it? No, no, no. The all the all, he also the, wants Robert Redford to watch it. Listen, 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 who doesn't? Um, but no, it's it. I, I brought it up earlier. I do think I, I do think that the movie does try to show this character as a woman who isn't adhering to sort of typical female roles of the time. I know that that post tries to just quickly brush over the colonialism, but it is there and it is still a problem. And and speaking as somebody who teaches at a school that is really. Pr- I mean, I know this is this is Africa versus Native Americans here, but. Like people are still trying to, people are still dealing with the effects of colonialism, and I don't think it's actually as as obvious as it should be. Um, so, 
as much as I get what the movie was going for, it it does kind of brush over some of the um, bigger issues. The bigger issues, yeah. Okay, Jeff Beck at Beck Film Critic. I wonder if it's the Jeff Beck. I uh, hope from, so. From Twins fame. No, he just passed away no, recently, I know. so I don't think he is. But uh, Jeff Beck writes, Like most, I've always found it shameful and unfortunate that the Academy gave Kurosawa's directing Oscar to Sidney Pollack. As for the film itself, it's rather forgettable snoozer. I've seen it two or three times over the years and never remembered a thing about it. Adam, I'll deflect to you because you're not a Rand guy. It's not. Okay, so my I will keep this brief. Uh, I've only seen Rand once um, and I watched it under the context. Ron is an interpretation of King Lear, uh, mm-hmm. which King Lear playing Edgar and King Lear was my thesis role in grad school. I watched Ron for inspiration. It gave me none, which is, which is it's also, it's also, it's also a Kurosawa film about King Lear. Um, it is absolutely do a rewatch. Um, I will, I will, but I, I mean, it is an epic, beautifully shot film. I, I can't, I, I can't speak with enough assurity to say that it should have won over out of Africa. I'm not going to, I'm not going to weigh in. Um, I will say that my one watch of it is skewed. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've seen it and you know, it's not the first place I'd go for Kurosawa for people. Like I would recommend other things first, but this is also very clearly the nomination is the win. They're rewarding his career. Like say what you want, what, who should win, should not have all the back to the future people out there. But you do have to kind of put yourself in the shoes of the Academy a little bit. Like, Kurosawa right. was not winning that award. He just wasn't. He just wasn't. Like, this was him. This was them recognizing his career and their misses in the past and whatnot. But it wasn't up for picture. They're just kind of saying, hey, you know, we're giving him a director nomination to get him in in the, the annals of just it. Just some and, juice, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, whether that's right or wrong, I'm not saying. But you do. We are dealing with the history of the Oscars. And you can't. If you're going into that Oscars expecting him to win. You need to temper your expectations a little bit. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Andrew Corns, here we go. No oh boy. We're back to the futureites here. No holds barred here. <laughs> Does Out of Africa even deserve to be called one of the 20 best films of 1985, let alone, in all caps, best freaking picture worthy? Spoiler alert, no. A year of amazingly original cinema from around the world, and we're struck with this film holding that year's crown, hashtag WTF. So he adds a, a list of movies. I'll rattle them off real fast. Back to the Future is one of them. They're posters, so some of them have titles, so I'm just going to skip over them. Day of the Dead, Clue, Brazil, um, Ran, he puts in there, Rocky IV, uh, Pale okay, Rider, Witness. Stop, yeah, I, I mean, stop. right. Just so Pee Wee Herman. I mean, if you, you think Clue is winning Andrew? Best Picture... Yes, What's Andrew it? has never had his hair washed, and he's feeling a little—he's uh, <laughs> feeling a little butthurt about that. So, yeah, I, I mean, if all. you think the Goonies or the Breakfast Club is going to win Best Picture, it's not—I I just don't, you know. Do, do you do you think that they're better than Out of Africa? No, no. I mean, as far I, as in the context of a, filmmaking, a, a re, a re, I don't think the Goonies is better. Is a better. There's better filmmaking. No. If we're awarding filmmaking, there's not better filmmaking in the Goonies than there is. No, of course. In you know, uh, you know, we we can have the Back to the Future combo in a little bit. I mean, that's an interest. That's a more interesting conversation than than Pee Wee's I mean, Big he, Top. He put, he put Teen Wolf on there. Teen Wolf. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Listen, I love I love me some Teen Wolf, but. and I love I'm, Clint. But Pale Rider is not better than Africa. No. I'm well, sorry. I was gonna say I'm not like a movie expert, but I feel like I could put a better list up. <laughs> I like Compared. it. I like Damn. it, Melissa. Gauntlet Shots thrown. fired. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm coming for you, Andrew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
I think it was Brazil that finally set Adam off. He's like, okay, all right. Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Before we do the one of five recommends, if uh, if you, you just watch out Africa, where are we going next? Grant. Okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of went on theme here a little bit. It was a, it's a film about an American man who goes to Africa to kind of find his way, kind of make his bones and take the next step in his life. And he ends up, like Meryl Streep, falling in love with the country and the people that he's he's living with. And um, and then he, he learns to love them and kind of put his own selfish means aside to help them in their cause. And that's 1994's The Air Up There. Oh, <laughs> God. Sorry, Kevin Bacon. And... <laughs> Grant, can I say that that was actually on my short list? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I haven't seen that movie I, I, in a long enough time to know if this is appropriate or not. I, so I'm going to just leave it, it be. I watched it recently. I watched it actually the other night. I'm like, okay, let me see if this is problematic. Uh, yeah, let me see if it's, it's, it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's, I mean, it's a terrible movie. Oh, I loved it as a kid, though. I got to tell you, I loved it. As oh, it's, a kid. it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I, I, you know justice for Kevin Bacon. Where is his Oscar at some point? You know, he could, they couldn't get him yeah, in the yeah, no. in the mix here. Mystic River, Wild uh, He was like the only he was like the only person not nominated in that movie. It was. I mean, his Oscar was Hollow Man, but apparently. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh no! I'm well, kidding. Our, I'm kidding. Our segues have been so goddamn fluid tonight i gotta say so i'm, I'm gonna have to go next here i'm sticking with merrill i'm sticking with the merrill theme merrill out in the uh out in the world fighting the wilderness another childhood favorite and we got a little more bacon on the plate in this one too uh i'm going with the river wild yeah nice. it's uh merrill plays a once um uh, I guess, uh, how do you say it? not like a ranger but like a um a guy a, a river guide for like a whitewater rafting right. Uh, there's this massive river that the portion of it's been kind of closed down and she goes back with her family and the dad is kind of like a like a business guy is a little disconnected from the kid you have the um the uh, great the great david strathairn david strathairn love him so love much him. uh great. someone i could use as my timer time machine recast in pretty much uh, pretty much every movie so and his oscar nom is in a year that we'll be covering next week when we return to crash and good night and good luck i mean we'll just a little preview mm. for next week but the river wild is an absolute blast john c Riley in the mix you have kevin bacon you have meryl streep the you have uh, jurassic the, park. the kid from jurassic park <laughs> um i mean come on you got you got three Oscar noms and a raft and Kevin Bacon. Come on, let's let's go. Let's do it. Totally worth the watch. And I revisited it a couple weeks ago. I hadn't seen it since the theaters when I was a kid, and just loved it. And it's amazing how much you remember certain scenes and that stuff, when, yeah. even though you haven't seen it in however many years. Uh, total blast to watch, and it'll, uh, you won't be falling asleep during it for a while. I'll put it. I'll put it that way. If if this if you dozed off a bit in this one, Melissa. Well, um, is it Hollow I Man? Think- it's not. <laughs> I think a great double feature, and you could go either way. You could watch this movie first, like the this movie as in Out of Africa. Out of Africa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or a movie about a cub who loses his father. Rookie of the year. <laughs> grows up and has to, you know, become a lion <laughs> and come back home and defend his territory. And I'm talking about. The 1999? No. Is that when it came? No. <laughs> Why are you even trying? No. I don't know. I was just trying. 
1994. Four. Yep. 1994. <laughs> the Lion King. Amazing. So he's talking about well done. another another King Lear reference. Perfect. It's, perfect. There you go. I, I love Hamlet. it. Hamlet. Yeah. Oh, that was Hamlet. Right. There you go. But I, this movie. The 2006 Lion King. <laughs> did we all pick, did the three of us pick 94 movies? I think so. Uh, yours oh, is 94? Yeah. My, River Wild's 94 too. Oh Look at that. Gosh. We're just living in the year 94. Guys. And see? Amazing. I, I was living in 1999. Adam, uh, can you clean sweep it? Previous, <laughs> previous episode of Best Picture Cast to Lion, The Lion King. Go check it out. That's one of my tournament wins. That's right. All right. Adam, are you doing the 94 sweep here? Uh, I, I can't say I'm doing the 94. Okay. Right. Well, that was ambitious thinking anyway. But I, I, what I can say is that I, I am going to not just keep it in 1985, uh, but I am going to keep it with 1985 Best Picture nominated films, Ooh. a movie an, uh, also about a fish out of water, also about a romance, but is way more entertaining than Out of Africa. Yeah. And I am talking about Witness. Okay. Um, the Peter Weir directed um, Harrison Ford led film all about um, a young Amish boy who witnesses witnesses a murder and has to uh, hide out uh, on his farm with Harrison Ford to stay protected. I watched this again last night and this film holds up. It is really good. It's not long, um, but but Harrison Ford really embeds himself into the world of the Amish in this movie. And it's just it's beautifully shot, beautifully shot. And I really buy I buy the budding almost romance between Harrison Ford and uh, Kelly McGillis. So I'm going with Witness. Very cool. And that was a yeah. that was a, a favorite of Ian's, I think too. Ian was a big Witness guy. It, it yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Grant, have you seen Witness? Yeah, I actually watched it for. I might have watched it for a worst picture cast. You're watching all these movies for worst picture cast. You know, when are we watching the the best picture cast? Listen, movies? I'm not I'm not one of the hosts you need to worry about for watching best picture cast movies. <laughs> <laughs> I am very far from one you have to worry about. This is fair. This is fair. No, I because th- because I feel like I was like okay, let me let me put because I think it was uh, I think '85 was the year of Miami Connection, so I wanted to put Harrison Ford in Miami Connection. But I wanted to watch Witness <laughs> to uh, to make that you know, make that so. So yeah, all right. Well, the, a great list of recommends there: The River Wild, The Lion King, Witness, and The Air up there. Great, great stuff there. We covered all the all the stops there. It's four very, uh, very all encompassing films. Uh, okay, we do the one to fives here: performances, how the movie's shot, and how the story and how it's told. Let's go performances first. Grant, you want to uh, go first here? Uh, yeah, I went with a four. I think there's uh, solid performances. Nothing that's nothing that I see that's like, oh, it's the best one of the best performances I've ever seen. Uh, but really solid from uh, really solid overall. Uh, I'm going to be a slightly safer and go three, uh, just because I, I wasn't totally f- feeling the ensemble of the cast. You know, I, I thought it was a bit of a Redford being Redford and Street being Streep. You know, I, I sung their praises in all the, the areas mm-hmm. there, but if we're going to really lift it up, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily like, Oh, someone should have got the Oscar here, but it's a good, a real strong three, like a, a, a three leaning four there with the okay. two leads. But the, I needed, I needed a, a, a third or fourth performance to really kind of push me over. And that wasn't there for me personally. It wasn't so Broar. three, <laughs> Broar in quotation marks from Joey R. Uh, Melissa, how about you? I am going to go with Grant. I said a four. Okay. I was yeah. like on the fence between a 3.5 and a four. I would say I started this podcast with a 
but after hearing everybody and like really thinking about it, it I didn't have an issue with who was cast as what part. Yeah. I think cool. My, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. We're similar page there. All right, Adam, one of the traditionally one of the tougher graders here on the BPC roster. That uh, yeah. I, I think the acting was the best part of the movie, um, personally. Mm. So I'm giving this a four. I thought Okay, um, nice. I really I I agree with Melissa and and and, and, and actually with what Karen's saying too. Um I just think I think nobody nobody brought it down. Uh, even though there were char- there were characters this will come up later um, that I maybe weren't necessary, but nobody really made me go like, ah, no more of you. Uh, so, um, and, and I think some of the performances in particular, Meryl Streep and Klaus uh, really stood out to me. So yeah, I'm going to go yeah. for cool. All right, great. Uh, next is uh, how the movie shot, how it looks. I mean, I, I, I'm not, not going to be a surprise for me. I, the green screen doesn't take me out of it. It's a five for me. I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the more beautiful movies we've covered so far when, when you talk about the peaks of it. Uh, we just don't see things like that. For better or for worse, there's probably rules in place of why we can't see some of these things. But it's there. It's there for anyone to view. And uh, yeah, five for me here. Grant. Uh, green screen aside, I, I went with the five also. Just beautiful. And it's it's funny because you know, I'm watching and I'm like, okay, well, having beautiful cinematography and this beautiful land like it should be pretty easy and then you watch out of africa uh, then you watch uh the air up there <laughs> and you're like oh no it's very easy to make it look uninteresting yeah. so no it's 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 a five and then everything else the costuming and the set design um just firing on all cylinders yeah yeah it's a movie you can watch on mute and have it's a, beautiful have a good time, it's, it looks gorgeous yeah adam i give this movie a three Okay. Ooh. Um, listen, the design is all f- fine, and I, I actually think this movie is only uh, mediocrely directed. Per- personally, um, I mean the shots are are fine, but there aren't shots that you can't see in a lot of other films. I'm I, I won't speak to the air up there. Um, but <laughs> there's I just I feel like it didn't do anything original with with it, and it's and it's like as boring as I found the English Patient. I. I know it's not a direct compare. We shouldn't compare and, co- and contrast, but I, I, it's actually not as beautiful as I've seen Africa shot, and it's not something that I drastically remember from the movie. Um, so I'm going with the three. Yeah, the wildlife would be my just retort to that is that that would be something that hasn't been done um, the same way. You know, encapsulating the wildlife of, of Africa, in my opinion. Maybe there's movies I haven't seen, but. Um, you know, getting the getting the, the lion activity, the all, all the all the stuff we saw there with that. But that would just be my retort to, to that in there. But Melissa. Um, I will be the happy medium and I said a four. Mm-hmm. Okay. I again I yes, I think the cinematography was beautiful. I liked the sound. Um I also just got taken out in the few scenes where there was a green screen and there were also <laughs> just scenes that were way too long and it kinda like in a way ruined what they were setting up as far as like the shots and the cinematography. It just kind of like extended too long where it it put me in and then it took me right back out where I just Mm. didn't appreciate it as much because that's kind of where I didn't give it a five. In the end, it was was definitely a beautiful movie, so. Story, how it's told. Grant, you want to kick us off? I gave it a three, but it's a soft three. Yeah, I, I I think I think they just, I think they tried to do a lot. Uh, I think they tried to do, uh, maybe they tried to do too much 
I think I, I, it would have served better if it was more of a streamlined, streamlined story. Subplots are just kind of all over the place, and it could have used some retooling. Uh, it's a two for me with the storytelling. Uh, I, I think the storytelling is problematic in a number of areas. Uh, it's not even like a high two. It's like a it's like a soft two, you know, like a, it's not going to be in the one territory there. Um, I don't give out a lot of ones for these just because I feel like, you know, there, I mean, like probably Melody's a one. Um, ones, but, are, ones are saved for the, yeah, the, the, the especially heinous. Yeah. It's a pretty solidly a two. Uh, this movie really teeters with being completely uninteresting to the mass audience. And that's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Melissa. Well, <laughs> I gave this a one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, you just said it. This movie would have. This movie would be beautiful if you put it on mute. And mm. I, you know. Yep. I almost wish this was on mute. And the one, the few lines that came through were maybe the few that Robert Redford said. <laughs> like I don't know. It the the storyline just kind of ruined it for me because there was so much more I wanted to know. It just seemed like muddled together. Adam put on subtitles because I thought I was just missing too much. Hmm. Like I couldn't understand her dialect or so. I I don't know. I just thought I was like missing too much of the movie. But, oh, I wouldn't have been able to do this without subtitles. I wouldn't um, have been able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly it, you know, it, we weren't missing anything. It was, well, it was just not given to us. So, uh, yeah, I'd, Say a one, Adam. Uh, I'm I'm uh, in agreement with with Kieran's grade, but with everybody said, I, it's I'm giving it a two as well. Um, Ooh, I thought he was gonna go one. I got I got, I got <laughs> nervous. I thought he was one and a two because I yeah. I do think that somewhere in there is is a story that is important. But I think I think four editors, multiple source materials, and yet still a two hour and forty one minute movie about what uh, yeah, is right. is the problem. That's that that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. So I don't want to repeat anything anybody said, but that's you know. If you have four editors trying to cobble together a movie based on multiple sources, that that's never going to work out. On the one to ninety twos here, um, I'll just you know we're we're in our second half of this thing here. It's going to break a tie with a lot of movies here because of the star power and that how it looks yeah. factor. Um, I'm gonna Melissa for this one. I'm gonna when we go to you. I just I want you to talk a little bit about comparing this to the English Patient because we've kind of teased that a couple times. Adam, if you want to throw some thoughts in there on that too. But Grant, what are you thinking about on the on the one to ninety two? Nine to fives now, I guess one to ninety five. One to ninety fives. What's half of that? Forty seven. Yeah, about forty seven now at this point. I'll I'll I'll, I'll put it at like fifty three, kind of just below below the halfway mark. But yeah, like I said, like there's, there's going to be a t- there are probably a ton of movies that we have already talked about that are in the same vicinity, and this might get the bump. Yeah, I, th- I think we're in a similar area. Yeah, there, Grant. Adam, in the uh, I mean, you just did the forty five rankings with us. Where does this stack up against some of the ones that you saw in that in that run? Um, I mean, I I certainly like this than a lot of the movies that I ranked pretty low on the forty five. Um. But there's still a lot of really great movies that you haven't covered yet. It's personally, I see this probably falling somewhere. I, I don't want to give that big of a range, but like like 68 to 74, Got somewhere it. around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it's not a shit film. It's not the, and it didn't bore me as as kind of meandering as it is. Um, it, it still is a movie that we had plenty, plenty of great moments in it. So, yeah. 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 
So, Melissa, this versus the English patient. I would probably pick the English patient over this movie. There was just a plot. Like, there was a storyline. There were arcs. Like, I, I, I personally would pick this. Although, I do have to say, I loved the fact like when the plane came in and there were shots of the plane flying like the first time we saw the, the plane, yellow plane the yellow I mean... plane and it flies and <laughs> i was i was just like adam and i just started laughing and i was like are we gonna see the plane crash like, in the... <laughs> and adam's like i think they take place around the same time and i was like across it like that would have just been so funny we did look in they it. may They're... be in the same universe yeah uh but yeah i'd pr i would pick english patient the characters. The That's it for me. Yeah. The, the characters were just so much more thought through or like planned yeah, out. Yeah, more interesting. You know? I, um, I, I thought there were way more interesting characters in the English Patient. I actually would, I would have this movie ranked above the English Patient if I'm ranking, but I would way rather watch the English Patient. Like I, I would, I would put the English Patient on before I'd put Out of Africa on, I think. And I think I enjoyed that movie more. Yeah. Um, just because of the characters. Like I, I I'm, Ray finds creepy plight is interesting to me. I don't know why. Like, uh, but <laughs> yeah, but it, they are oddly close. But I, I also just when it comes to rankings, I just don't think English patient exists without Out of Africa. What do you think, Ray? I think no matter which one I choose, my wife would be mad at me. <laughs> uh, Sounds like first, you need to buy street. a bottle of uh, yeah. herbal uh, essence and uh, yes. <laughs> wash your hair. Um, yeah, I would have to wash her hair afterwards. <laughs> no, I think I actually might pick Out of Africa mm. over it. Uh, they're close, though. Yeah. They're close. Hair washing an English patient, too. Yes, there is. Saeed. Except, you know, I would... The hair he washing himself. in Out yeah. of Africa was a lot more Agreed. romantic, yeah. I feel Sensual. Like. Adam, yes. which I think I'm going out of Africa. Okay. Mm. Okay. Right, so you got a nice little, nice little split going on there. I like yeah. it. It was cool. for um, just for that that character. What's his name? For for Bra for, for Bra Bra Yeah, Bra just, just for Brar. Okay, we're down the home stretch here. It's not a Who Should Have Won podcast. We do like to talk about the other movies who were up that year. Uh, we talked about one already, so let's just kind of go right into it here, and that is Witness. And Witness, Adams recommend, as he said before, directed by Peter Weir, starring. Harrison Ford. When a young Amish boy is a sole witness to a murder while visiting Philadelphia with his mother, police detective John Book tries to protect the boy until an attempt on Book's life forces him into hiding in Amish country. Uh, Adam pretty much covered it pretty good. It was his recommend. I think that's the first time we've had the other nominees to recommend. Maybe yeah, once good. other time. Okay, up next we have. Okay, this one uh, I don't know much about. It is starring Jack Nicholson and it is. Prizzy's Honor. Prizzy's Honor, directed by John Houston, uh, who directed another Africa movie, right? African Queen. But it is just, oh boy, here we go. If, if, only, if only every IMDb description could be this concise. Okay. If this person wasn't, uh, if it wasn't 459 when this person had to write this. <laughs> Two professional assassins fall in love. Great. That's <laughs> all we got. Hey. <laughs> Adam, have you seen Prizzy's Honor? Uh, so uh, heads up, I, I, I watched all of these movies in the last few days. Um, oh, wow. Pritzi's Honor is a confounding movie. If if Out of Africa was confusing, it, it is so bizarre because this movie walks the rope between being like serious and romantic, but also farcical. I mean, there are some there are some caricature-esque level performances in this. It is... I, I, 
it's such a weird curveball from John Houston. Uh, Jack Nicholson is fine. Kathleen Turner is fine. Angelica Houston does not. She's almost doing her version of um, <laughs> of Vito Corleone. And uh, <laughs> William Hickey, William Hickey, who is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, is like, no, I'm so sorry. Like, like, don't take out Klaus. You can take out this guy and put in Doc Brown. Um, Prissy's <laughs> Honor is weird. It is a weird movie. Does he win? Too? No, he didn't. No, uh, Donna Mish won for Cocoon. Oh uh, well, yeah. Oh God, Cocoon is up for was up for an Oscar and won the Ron Howard's Cocoon, which you cannot yep. get anywhere streaming. No, nope. is that is that like a warranted win? Have you guys? I have not seen Cocoon. I, know. I have I, not I, seen Cocoon. I think I think it was one of those movies that just kind of took the country by storm. It was like it was like so big that yeah. they just gave it they gave it Oscar love. Wow. Hmm. But I have, I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay, next Spielberg alert. We have The Color Purple, a black woman struggles to find her identity after suffering abuse from her father and others over four decades. Directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Danny Glover, Whoopi Goldberg, and Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was nominated for an Oscar in there this you film. Go. I saw that and was like, God, I didn't even know she was an actress. Like, uh, so oh there you go. Oh my gosh. I just don't know her as an actress. So, yeah. She this- might be the most deserving nominee of the ones who were oh really yeah cool. I, she's she's actually really good in it um i i this is i literally watched this today i have seen it before it it's just it's spielberg tries to put his spielberg touch on it and it really it i'm excited for i know they're they're remaking it they're doing actually the film version of yeah. the musical which i'm really excited to see i think this has this has a white man splattered all over he tries to make moments really fun and campy that i don't think should be the the tone is all over the place i think it's a it's it, the source material is worth being told just not by an old jewish man uh melissa have you seen uh color purple i have not but oprah i absolutely love and a movie that i always watched growing up which is a dark movie if that i remember was beloved and she's not in it one. and it's she's she's phenomenal in it but it's definitely a dark movie and i'm like why (laughs) was this something okay i watch (laughs) and uh, finally we have uh william hurt's oscar win uh kiss of the spider woman a gay man and a political prisoner are together in prison the gay man narrates the stories of two fake movies and his own life directed by hector babenko Starring William Hurt, Raul Julia, a pod favorite, and uh, Sonia Braga. So, uh, Grant, you seen? Yeah, it, this is just a really weird Spider-Man movie. <laughs> In, um, into the into the, into, the kiss of the Spider Universe. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just like it, I just was not I, there was no Spider-Man at all. It was really weird. <laughs> Adam, we might have broke Adam there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Adam, take us home. Uh, this was my least favorite of of the bunch, and I think it, it's I, nobody likes the whole looking at old movies through twenty twenty three eyes. But you know what? We do. We have to. That's where we are, and that's how we're watching them. This handles the the homosexual community in a really really terrible way. William Hurt is playing a gay man, but he's doing it almost as if he's trying to play a woman in drag. It is a it's a weird movie. It I don't think. 
Raul, Raul Julia's performance is the performance of the movie, but William Hurt gets nominated because he's playing the gay character. And, and this, you know, and everybody was up in arms, you know, when Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia. This is really the first kind of performance like it, but this is, it's way over the top. Um, it's aged terribly. It takes place in a South American country. I don't think they even say the name. It's, it's a confusing movie that I think would be a much better, much better stage play because it's basically in the cell, or he is telling these, the he's making up these movies, um, and that would be really interesting to see. But on film, it's it's tepid and honestly just kind of offensive. Mm, yeah. Well, okay. I do love William Hurt though, and I love Kathleen Turner, and I like how they're both in there. So it's just a little. A little shout out to Body Heat for people who've, who've seen Body Heat. Yes. Love, love, love me some Body Heat. So yeah, okay. So those are the nominees. All right, it's Back to the Future time. Uh, Adam, should it have won Best Picture? Uh, I mean, per- personally, should it have won? Yes, um, but I, it, but but I don't think. But I don't think that this, the Academy at five nominees would never have nominated this. Um, but I do think I do think it's worthy of being nominated, and especially like, and that's also part of why I wanted to watch the nominees for Best Picture is because, and and like a movie's legacy is one thing, but like I I watched all these films and Pritzi's Honor and Kiss of the Spider Woman, I I I am truly truly baffled by their nominations. I don't think that they they have a lot of merit to them. I think Kiss of the Spider Woman was like a a brave movie if we want to throw that that qualifier on it and um Pritzi's honor is John Huston and Jack Nicholson like it's it's more prestige even though it's not a prestige film back to the future is more than deserving of a nomination for best picture there's no way it would have won but it does have the it's fun it's it's and you can't deny the direction and the stylistic choices behind it as well i i, yeah. I think it's deserving of a nomination and they and they'd award the you know they'd award the Director ten years later, ninety four, nine years later, ninety four. That's right, uh, for Forrest Gump. Um, I will say this: I, I totally agree that it one thousand percent should have been nominated for Best Picture. I don't think it's realistic to think that it would win Best Picture, um, but it was up for a BAFTA for Best Picture. So there is like some, some, uh, some, some blueprint there for it being in the mix. But it's pretty wild that it is up for a BAFTA. That is and, weird. Uh, it, yeah. oh, up against Amadeus, I guess, because the time frame's weird. And they both lose oh. to um, Woody Allen <laughs> for Purple Rose and Cairo. Okay. <laughs> Adam's like, get, get well, that, me out of that, here. That's aged terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, was there another film kicking around that we needed in here over Pritzi's Honor or, or Rocky IV or Goonies or Breakfast Club? I mean, I, I, think, I think there are a few characters, and I feel like there are a few people in Clue that could have gotten a supporting actor, <laughs> supporting actress award. Michael McKean. Like, Madeline Kahn should have gotten nominated for Best Supporting yeah. Actress. Yes. Little, yeah. There's a little Mixed Nuts shout out there. Yeah. I, think, I, think, <laughs> I, I think she was... I think there's a few characters, and I feel like Tim Curry could well, have Tim been Curry nominated. Tim Curry, for sure, yeah. Could have been nominated. I, I legitimately think that he could have. Uh, eh, no, but... Maybe Teen Wolf. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wish Corns came out with a more impressive list than than that. Yeah, it's, know, a, it's a it's a it's a troll job. Yeah, that's just little, fine. Which is bit, fair. That's what we want. You contact yeah. us at Best was, Picture Cast, but just give us that five star rating. He, he troll was, us all you want. Just give us that yeah. five star rating. He was continuing his uh, his deadly prey. Right. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, was, yeah. This one was a little forced. 
Uh, out of Africa <laughs> certainly deserves to be nominated for Best Picture, whether it should have yes. won or not. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, that's, I, that's my take. I agree. Um, Adam, Melissa, thank you so much for another sweeping, sweeping epic. Romance is just in the air here at, at BPC, whether there's chemistry or not. Um, uh, but uh, thank you guys so much for uh, spending your Memorial Day watching Out of Africa and, <laughs> and taking notes and coming on. Anything you guys want to plug on, on your way out? Any thoughts, closing thoughts, anything? And no, just, uh, you know, love is in the air and uh, it's also in the shampoo. So that's really, <laughs> that's what we've learned from this podcast. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. You find them on Below Freezing and that's at Below Freezing 32. Did I get that right? Uh, on Twitter. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You get your guys are up on Instagram too. And uh, 1001 by one. It's the, the number, the, the word by, and then the number one. So 1001 by one. You can hear Joey R over there as well as with Brit. They do a great job. They drop every other Friday. Grant, you got some plugs you want to throw out there, right? You got oh, new I got artwork. Some, I got some plugs. Uh, our our Best Picture Cast store, which is uh, in our link. Well, the link will be in the, the description of the episode. Uh, it's also on our profile on Instagram. I'm uploading. For some reason, I've just gotten motivated to upload a shitload of stuff. Uh, so by the time this comes out, a Jaws-inspired mug. Uh, you know, our, our merch, I should say, and our kind of our, our pop art style for Quint, uh, crushing that beer can. Um, we got that going. We have Lawrence of Arabia. We got some new Lawrence of Arabia merch. Some worst picture cast stuff. Worst in the mix, picture yeah. cast stuff. We we just I just put uploaded a design for a Miami Connection, which is up there. <laughs> we have a WWE inspired best picture cast shirt. I'm wearing, I'm rocking it right now. I love like the it. Old, yep. The old Raw's War logo, and then yeah, I mean, and and the coming weeks, you'll you'll get one from The Shining, Twins Shining. possibly. Twins, yes, The Shining, love it. Uh, West Side Story, Ben Hur. There you go, Melissa. Your this your favorite movie of all time. Yes. Not Ben Hur. Uh, Not Ben Hur. West Side no. Story. <laughs> West Side Story. Yeah, ch- check out the store. There's there's everything. Uh, you can buy anything from T-shirts to to wine tumblers to pint glasses. Check it out. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Grant, you too. It was great to uh, return to Africa with you. You know, um, Grant, we've been there three times. If you want to count the Lion King, uh, we have been. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. It's a pleasure, guys. Appreciate you, uh, listeners at home. You know what to do. Follow us, like us, subscribe, all that stuff. Reach Give us out. Re- review. Reach out. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll be coming at you next week with uh, perhaps a little Patton. Big uh, big red, white, and blue flag uh, behind us as we record that one. In the meantime, we, we go BPC for Africa here as the, the four of us sign out. Thank you. All right. We did it. <laughs> That's how you end it? <laughs> well, it's going to... Um, we are the world's going to... Oh, are the God. Kick <laughs> right into that. Oh, my goodness. It's true.